0: By Surrender and Surfboards Welcome to the latest episode of Marvel vs. Marvel If you don't know what it's about It's a podcast where a comedian who has never read a Marvel comic book before in his life Watches a Marvel movie or TV show And then quizzes someone who is a veritable Marvel expert Someone who hasn't just read Marvel comics his whole life But was taught to read with them Welcome to the episode, my name is Rob Holden, I am a comedian, a writer and the Marvel expert half of the equation And I am joined on this show, this MVM podcast by the only person that really makes it possible and matters And that is the man who was powered purely and exclusively by the power of ignorance, it's Will Preston Hello, I'm really surprised I've made it this far with ignorance, you know with, with, uh, and, and exclusively, and just ignorance, apparently.
1: G- yeah, g- exclusive ignorance. You you, you, you can't dilly dally with ignorance, can you? When it no. comes to
0: ignorance, you can't ignore I- ignorance, can you? Uh, you've just been headhunted by a hot new uh, company to go and work for him, and I was expecting, that, uh, you know, there'd be some sort of uh, they'd ask me for a reference. I was all geared up. The Gumbo Kid is very good at. I thought that would no 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 one you didn't give them my details. do they not want a reference well, from me? Well, no, because I really wanted the job, Rob. <laughs> I wouldn't have been that honest,
1: <laughs>
0: uh, folks. This is the uh, the the Fantastic Four Two: Rise of the Silver Surfer episode that we promised a while back, mm. and then we didn't deliver. We, we got knocked out the schedule. And then we had our Loki episode that needed to be done before the end of the Disney Plus series, which has just come to a conclusion. So yeah, a delayed episode today, but one that I'm very, very excited about. Coming up, the most important Marvel story ever told. How the Fantastic Four defeated a god we're going to look at some of doctor doom's greatest moments we're going to examine one of the most powerful characters in the history of marvel and we find out just exactly how thanos and the infinity gauntlet all began that is all to come on this episode don't go anywhere very pumped for this one will i'm pumped too there's there's a big man there's a big man. There's, there's a big man. Well, there's not. There's not in the movie. There's no big man in the movie.
1: No, 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 but but um,
0: yeah, yeah, there's not in the movie. <laughs> Spoiler. No big alert. man in the movie. The, the Spoiler big, alert. Big, big man's not in if, the movie. There's several listen, smaller folks, men. If you tuned in to this hoping there was a big man in the movie, switch off now. No, there's no there's big a man. a series of smaller men as well. If you want if you, you want the podcast with the, with the big man Listen to another. There's podcast. a big man. No, no, no. There's a big no, no. Don't say that. There's a big man in the podcast. Oh, there's a big man in the podcast. There's but a not big the big man in the podcast is just not in the film on the podcast. Right. If you He's like big men,
1: the... watch the film. But if you, no, no, be like, no you like big no. men. <laughs> don't watch the
0: film. Listen to the podcast. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, we're gonna send out some big. Speaking of big men, we got to send out some big thanks to Dan Walsh. For our awesome new remastered theme song, uh, that's been on the last uh, the last episode, um, and we were I guess we weren't expecting it to be on the last episode. We came in and suddenly it was out, and we didn't say on that one how awesome it is. We didn't draw attention to it. It was just like secretly dropped. Um, Dan Walsh, the best banjo player in the entire country of these United Kingdoms. Um, He's somebody I've known for for for, for years. I saw some of his earliest gigs uh, when he was too young to drink in the pub he was oh, playing in. Wow! Um, and he's just gone on to success after success, touring, you know, Canada and New Zealand, and and being featured on BBC Radio Four and 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 just everyone in the kind of country um, and and folk world, folk world mainly writing about him over here in Great Britain. And it was just right in the middle of the pandemic we were doing this, and I was like, "I know a guy who could write us a little ditty that'll make it sound a bit different." <laughs> um, and at the time, you know, he just bashed it out on his iPhone, um, which, because we weren't, we were just going to do this for a couple of weeks. Then the pandemic would have been over, and we would have gone back to work. <laughs> yeah, nothing, um, nothing would have
1: happened. It would have been another multiverse of. Mundane. That's what it been. Not multiverse of
0: madness. Multiverse of mundane. But here we are, over a year later, and it was time to invest in uh, a little, a little sexy, cool remastered theme song. I love it. I absolutely love it, man. It's so cool to have it kick off the show. We've had loads of great feedback from it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the Twitter and the Patreon and things like that. Uh, Dan Walsh is the name of the performing artist That you just love to hear every single time You tune into this cast He's got gigs all over the country That is this country, the England country Uh, He's got gigs all over England this year um, As well as some fantastic albums That you can buy Head to danwalshbanjo.co.uk That's danwalsh Spelling Walsh W A L S H Dan Walsh Banjo dot co UK and check out everything he's got over there. We love him. We're so excited to be able to kind of start the show and hey, we've got different little little bits in between as well. We, d- That's we fun. do. We have nice
1: little stingers i always, I think it's weird. I think one day someone's going to email us and say, "Dear Robin will, just want to say that thank you for finally doing a podcast that not only gives me the knowledge of the Marvel comics and the Marvel Cinematic Universe but also fills my need for banjo
0: music I mean, what a great combination oh yeah um and so, hey, we're plugging away at mr DanWalshBanjo.co.uk Dan dot banjo dot co dot u k will what have you got to plug for us uh on this podcast, what are you are you active on anything these days? You are still on they, the Twitch, not the Twitch, TikTok. I, I
1: was on TikTok. I saw what almost went viral at one point, and I, I've been really busy because I was doing uh, job hunting stuff, and uh, i and so, getting married. And, I, I, I <laughs> get married. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't stop there. I'm, I'm almost finishing a, a course of therapy as well, and ne- in a couple of weeks, we're getting a couple of cats.
0: And 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 I keep making you watch Marvel films.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I well, I I I I put this on myself and the wife. We're, I'm trying to get. We're going to watch Black Widow on the weekend. I think
0: I I've I've, I've really. Um, oh yeah, well, well, stay stay tuned. You, you have to because the folks need to know. We normally do it at the end of the show, but it's a, you know the next episode will be um, our deeper dive into the Black Widow to go along with the movie coming out. So. Although we won't, you know, our deeper dives, you know, us, you know how we play the game. Yeah. We don't dish out the spoilers, but I almost to- do
1: sometimes. I almost do.
0: <laughs> it's good for us to watch the movie, so so it so I know what comic book stuff. What you know, I know what questions you've got, and we can delve into the comic book history only of the of the, sort of the the characters that will be appearing in the Black Widow movie. So we're definitely going to do that. So if you're not pitching uh, TikTok, can I? Can 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 I promote something? Can I pick can I take your your market stall? Can I pitch something?
1: Yeah, man. I th- yeah. I, th- I I think we should just instead of in our little notes thing and saying, "Hey, let's talk about Will." Let's 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 plug anything at
0: the start. Plug anything we okay. got Okay. Well, British wrestling is back, baby. Yes! And this. I'm back working with the amazing people at Future Shock Wrestling. I am the voice of Future Shock Wrestling, their play-by-play commentator. Um, sometimes with a, a, a dastardly villain by my side And other times I, I call the shows solo um, So if you have any interest in, 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 in professional wrestling You can hear my dulcet tones uh, as the as the voice guiding the show Head to futureshockinfinite.com And for just £4 you can get access to over 200 hours of great shows Featuring uh, wrestling superstars like uh, we with Pete Dunne, Zach Gibson, Will Osprey, Tony Storm, The Hurricane, Stand Back, and hacksaw Jim Doggan. Ho! Ooh, that brings up um, that one. Of course, the two x four. Yeah. The American flag. The crazy man who screamed "ho" in blue pants and hit people with a wooden plank. You have got, You gotta love wrestling, baby. Oh, man, um, that sounds good. We, 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 we work some of the absolute best uh, guys in, in British wrestling and beyond, and, and I'm all over the show. So, FutureshockInfinite.com and check out my, uh, my wrestling wares. It's time for us to take our regular trip into the dark and murky underbelly of ignorance itself we want to go into the mind of a muggle will hello you're the muggle you're the muggle in question every time i come here you're the muggle
1: um, hello, hello You sound like a policeman like an old british policeman hello 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 who has the
0: muggle there oh same old faces my natural instinct when, when, when any interaction with somebody from the South, I just assume criminal. And uh, I just. My, my policeman instincts kick in. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> so, obviously, we discussed the Fantastic Four in, when the first time we looked at, at the, the original Fantastic Four. Not the original, but the, mm. the first major theatrical release, Fantastic Four movie. Had you, in 2007. Had you had any awareness or knowledge or heard of Galactus or the Silver Surfer?
1: Yes, I had um, Do you want me to go into it? Or is, was that an, a closed question?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end We'd never, end. We'd never just end the second with, oh thank, oh, thank you, moving on That's the end yeah, of the so, podcast, so to, guys to, We just wanted to confirm that one question 2007, you had, that's interesting yeah, oh, Is I, it I, I, I song-lyric some... band-based?
1: Uh, Let me uh, Well it was several things actually Well first of all I remember seeing the Silver Surfer Depicted on the uh, single cover For Surfing with the Alien By Joe Satriani Yeah A guitar uh, Where basically He's one of those He formed a supergroup Joe Satriani He's a guitarist Who's virtuoso He formed a supergroup With uh, Steve Vai And Yngwie Malmsteen Who are also guitarists who are just they are, they are the worst They are the worst kind of guitarists Really good ones <laughs> The worst kind Wait, what? Because it's all about them The ego goes through the through the roof oh. and, they, and it goes It's too much It's like, okay, great The bassist and the drummer And everyone else Can just go away And it's them going Right, we're going to do A 40 minute solo now It's
0: like, great I get it You're really good at guitar But this is unbearable <laughs> Good news for guitarists who also murder people. You're no longer the worst kind of guitarist. <laughs> it's now, it's now guitarists who are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I remember seeing that, but
1: I, I think my, uh, my main uh, sort of exposure was again uh, "Dial M for Monkey," the Cartoon Network cartoon spin-off from Dexter's Laboratory. Oh right yeah he basically there was a spin off where his his lab monkey was actually a member of basically shield it was a, it was a it was a it was a homage to shield they had a heli carrier the main character, the the main guy had a, had an eye patch, so it was Nick fury, and in one episode, there was a silver surfer, but he was surfing on a big silver spoon and Gal- <laughs> and galactus was pretty much galactus, but they called him something else and he was going to eat earth
0: how like that is so. What, what, yeah, those references would have meant nothing to you.
1: No, but but then then I found out they were actually based on comics because I knew this because they did another one called the Justice Friends or something. And you it was, mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You had like the Hulk, uh, Captain America, and Thor, but they're all changed around very slightly as not to. Uh, you know, get sued. It, but get it was, sued, it was, spend, it was a homage. spend that money. It was a homage, but yeah, they did that, and they had the Silver Surfer was very camp and very like going, "Okay, I'm gonna come and find the planet for you to eat." And it was quite, it was quite it tongue in cheek. And then mm. they uh, they make Galactus throw up throw up Earth at the end. <laughs> That's how they saved the day.
0: So that's that's really interesting. I I, I thought I assumed if you if you'd come across them, it would have been one of the cartoons, you know, because of course they had the the, the old Hanna Barbera cartoon, yeah, I remember mean, um, which cartoon. Silver Server was in, and then we had a, a more updated uh, cartoon in the nineteen nineties, which we are on course to get to uh, oh, yeah. later this year in our in our animated takedown. Um, but no, it was it was a cartoon, but just not a Fantastic Four cartoon. Um, Yeah there was an awful lot And of course Silver Surfer features lyrically In a lot of different um, songs Um, He became a a bit of a pop culture kind of icon In the 1960s Which we will get to Let's drill down into the nuts and bolts of this movie Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer 2007 is the year Right before the beginning of of the the MCU with with Iron Man and also really right before um, Batman begins, let's not forget that th- those movies really changed the landscape of of what of what superheroes could do at the box office. Willie mm. P, you're the man with the uh, the dollars and cent information to make sense of the dollars and cents. In fact. What can you tell us about this movie? I like that.
1: We, I like, I like our many array of catchphrases. Uh, well, let's first start off with Fantastic Four, released in 2005. The previous film. Then the budget for this one was, of course, a hundred million. Sorry, I, I can't say that without sounding like Doctor Evil. One, you can one hundred million dollars. That's the first how much... time you did it. It was just normal. It was just normal. But I, I've now clocked, and I've gone <laughs> no I can't do this normally now. Uh, and the box office returns for that was a very nice 333.5 million so really really res- really good yeah, that really is, respectable that's I mean, that's the minimum you need to get a sequel so yeah that's that's a successful I, I, movie right I there. I
0: want to know where you get that 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 figure that that idea from
1: I was taught it in film studies in Gosport mm. All right I was going to say all right Mr Harvard but I don't know where you studied <laughs>
0: Uh, the the venerable Stoke upon Trent University. Ooh, um, come on, uh, Lyd, some of these people are from Stoke. The um, the um, you know think about the, the the budget of like Daredevil. I think was around seventy million. Yeah. Um, so so you know it's a, it's a flashy budget, but there's a lot of effects in, in, in that in that one. There's and there's also sort of four leads. I guess you have to think about the the, the money that takes. Um, and but three hundred and thirty three is. Really good business. You know, that's comparable it's really on par with Batman Begins. Oh, Which I think is I think is more, but it's not a huge amount. Um mm. So what about this one? So this one, this came out two years later, two thousand
1: and seven, uh Fantastic Four, Rise of Silver Server. The budget for this one was a bit more. One hundred and twenty to two hundred and thirty million. But the box office was three hundred and one point nine million, so Hundred and twenty to two hundred and thirty million, or one hundred
0: and thirty million. One hundred and twenty to t- sorry, one hundred twenty to one hundred and thirty. Sorry, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's 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 much more like the first one. I was like, wait, that's the, the accounting error. That, that <laughs> that makes, counting yeah, error. But that yeah, you can lose ten million in a movie. You cannot account for that. That's no problem. Yeah. And um, what was the box office again? Three hundred and one point nine million. V- really, really, very respectable. It's, it's
1: not bad, but it's like it's not the boost you'd expect. From a sequel, you know, like it, it, the, it's, it's, the, showing, it's showing diminishing
0: returns, mate. Because that's how sequels worked up until very recently. I mean, I they, mean, they, admittedly, this is at the tail end of that. This is very much at the tail end of that. Because, of course, Batman Begins to Dark Knight. Dark Knight's like the first billion-dollar one, mm. and we start to get, we start to get them with things like the the franchises, like Fast and the Furious, yep. and. The Mission Impossible and the well, Mission Impossible takes ages to get there, and the Marvel movies. But the Marvel movies, only sort of, you know, they, they get they, it's not it's not like it's not like Back to the Future Two made more money than Back to the Future. Mo- sequels were always diminishing returns. Mm. What about Aliens? Um, I haven't done the, the I haven't done the the the, the 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 info on that one. Yeah but I, I but mean there was Brian, there was some I'm there was some sure, that went against the rules. I'm sure yeah. we can go through and find ones to support that argument yeah. but it is not like you go yeah okay, if we make a sequel, we're definitely gonna make more money. Yeah, that was yeah, not yeah. the case. Sequels were really looked down upon for many, mm. many, many years. And that's why you have this outlier of, Oh yeah, but aliens is really good. Oh yeah, but die you know, not Die Hard because that you know, Godfather but, Part it, Two yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't think it, I don't think it's a knock against this film that it makes thirty million less than previously.
1: Okay, that's fine, that's fine. I just like data, you know I me. Mean. But speaking of data, uh, actually, no, opposite of data, we got some really interesting production notes about this film. We'll start off light, then we'll build up. If you, if that's okay, Uh, the film, this film, is the second live action Marvel film to receive a PG rating, following Howard the Duck.
0: It's the also the first the first Fantastic Four movie wasn't PG.
1: I don't know. I'm gonna have to double check
0: that fact because I got I I got these. I thought you were the guy with the data.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I got these. I got these somewhere else, and then I'm I'm looking at this now, going. Does that mean the other ones were twelve?
0: Mm, it's, po- it's possible, It was a bit I of guess. a violent
1: one bit moment in the first film that I remember, right? And I was like, Ooh, mm. you know. And then Spider Man was a twelve.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, X Men mixed bag, isn't it? Because some of it's a bit, you know. Mm, I think they, they they bounce around the twelve. Not the yeah. Ameri- I, mean, I don't, think, don't know Ameri- I think twelve is a very new invention to Americans. I don't think they they had it around this time, or perhaps they did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also, a third film was planned, but due to conflicts between a director and Jessica Alba and the producers having trouble finding a new director of planned Silver Surfer spin-off, the franchise ended up in development hell. A bit of a shame, really, because, like, okay, I know I said diminishing returns, but there was still clearly enough financial interest to just get by on the third one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: and And... But this, this it took. I mean, the, the 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 whole the whole Fantastic Four series was in developmental hell for a, for a long, even for years and years and years. It I think it's a shame. I think they could have they could have recast if Alba it was done with the series. Um, and I think they 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 had a, a nice. Co- I mean, there was just I think there was scope to do more with the with the series. But there you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. Plus, where'd you? I mean, you'd know the answer to this. But I'd say, where'd you go from there? They've just done Galactus, and they've already done Doctor Doom. Where'd you go from there? But you probably know well, the answer
0: to that. You don't do Doctor Doom in the second movie. Mm. You do Galactus, and then you bring Doctor Doom back in the third for a big. You you know you you tease him. You have little things he does. Maybe he steals the power in the final. Like post-credit sequence to set up the next movie, but you just you know, yeah. Uh, in terms of other, there are, there are plenty of other. You you know you have you have the Cree invasion, you have the Skrulls, you could you have Atlantis attack the the surface world, and you have Namor and Doom teams up with that There's loads you can do. See that would happen if it was an MCU movie
1: for sure. They would set that mm, yeah. up. They would set that up so much. Um, it's an interesting interesting few bits of uh, information. Uh, the film this film almost made Jessica Alba quit acting altogether. Whoa Yeah, this is serious. Uh, she said, "I remember when when I was dying in Silver Surfer, the director was like, "It looks too real. It looks too painful. Can you pre- can you be prettier when you cry? Cry pretty, Jessica." That was from an interview she said.
0: Wow, Imagine that. Yeah, that's that's a real shit. I mean, she's she struggled um in I think she's struggled with uh, typecasting for mm. for a long long time um and uh you know she she can she can she's a very very capable actress um she, she's, so got, she's got chops mm, yeah she got chops yeah but, but, but yeah, yeah. It, i mean it's pretty like i know brad pitt, brad pitt has talked about was it brad pitt or Was it was i think it was an actor yeah it was brad pitt um and um Who's the Who's the Irish? The, the I, I wanna you know, he's not young anymore, but he was the young Irish actor who plays Bullseye. In oh, Dead. Colin Farrell! He certainly has talked about this getting to it, getting to a stage where casting people and the public stop seeing you as like this gorgeous human. First and foremost and them, all they can think of When they look at you is wow you're gorgeous So that you can actually get some roles Where you act I know Brad Pitt Has been in some similar situations I think Jessica Alba suffers from that as well because I must Admit you know I don't, I'm not consciously trying to Objectify her but, but a lot of the time When I'm looking at her act I'm going Wow she's gorgeous yeah. Holy crap she's good looking um, Yeah and I, I guess I, may, I maybe. Maybe Chris Evans, you know, in this movie, you know, kind of is in a similar position.
1: I I would say that too. You, but you, you, you but do perhaps he's him.
0: not too, perhaps he's not too bothered, um, or as bothered as much. You know, Alba with Dark Angel and and I guess maybe Sin City as well went through a lot of this at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as she said, and then it got me to thinking: Am I not good enough? Are my instincts, and my emotions not good enough? And so I said, uh, F it! I don't care about this business anymore. That was an interview shoot where she said You're almost going to quit and the, uh, She also uh, complained About me being made to stick to the script Insisting that good actors never use the script Unless it's amazing writing All the good actors I've worked with they all say whatever they want to say uh, What? <laughs> what? That was... It, Basically, you know, you know, you know, they'd be told to stick to the script, but you have this thing with actors where they go, "How about? What's my motivation? How about I say this?" They, you always have some input from the actors, and I think she was
0: basically uh, put in a place, basically, which wasn't. They all say whatever they want to say. Good luck, good luck with that, Jessica. <laughs> hey, they some do,
1: some do. If they have sway, they do. Believe me. Uh, mm. Also, she wore a blonde wig because her hair had suffered from all the bleaching in the previous Fantastic Four film. Well, wow. Yeah. Wig. Wig, yeah. So it, she didn't have a great time. She didn't have a great time is, what is the short of it. Also, for most of the production, the filmmakers were not sure whether the Silver Surfer was going to have a voice or not. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and He yeah. wasn't going to speak? Yeah, yeah. Originally, Lauren, I don't know. Originally, Lawrence Fishbone was keen to provide the voice of Galactus. He happily switched to the role of the Silver Surfer when it was uh, decided to make Galactus Mute. Also Doug Jones was not only going to do motion capture But also potentially voice for the Silver Surfer However he was later replaced with Lawrence Fishburne Jones' voice for the Silver Surfer can be heard briefly in the first trailer
0: Also it's like a, a almost a, um, a Vader situation Yeah <laughs> oh, White I, guy plays the role, black guy does the cool voice
1: Have you actually seen the footage of uh, David Prowse doing his lines as <laughs> Darth Vader? Yeah <laughs> And we can hear is a West Country accent Oh
0: Brilliant, you should have done the whole movie like that
1: I know, I know, did you ever see the Bill Bailey bit about it? He goes,
0: "Indeed." alright
1: action You're a traitor with the Wemble Alliance Oh, the force (laughs) is strong in this one (laughs) Sorry, I love that bit way too much Also, uh, efforts were made To keep the Fantastica Under wraps and out of all promotional material So that would be a pleasant surprise For the fans Rob, were you pleasantly surprised?
0: Um I. I <laughs> That's a no. I mean, not to the extent that I went. Oh, it's the Fantastic Car. Like it's not like like if it had been um, Herbie, <laughs> I would have lost my Shizzle because there is a deleted scene, isn't there, in the first movie? Yeah,
1: where you see was it the where you the see.
0: Robot? You see Herbie, uh, you know. I would have been very excited to see Herbie, the Fantastic Car. Like it's not, it's not exactly the Batmobile. It's don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a classic thing that features in the in the series. But it's not even the like because the the original and longest living Fantastic Car is essentially just a boat, like a rowboat. It's just like it's not. It's not like a plane. Mm. It's just like a. a dinghy you all stand in or sit in and it flies around with no roof. It's not cool it doesn't look sleek and fast and and cool. It's just it's just I don't know. It's a uh, it's kind of very um It sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. It sounds It doesn't like... look it doesn't look cool, no. no. But it's but it I don't know. It is it, it it does there is something very fantastic for about it.
1: What
0: the fact in it's quite that goofy. Not goofy that's not that's not right. it's that they're not trying to be um we have a fast military style playing' no, we have a thing that takes us to our next adventure. We're gonna go look for ruins in atlantis, see ya they're not they're not a fighting unit, and they oh, don't right. they're not trying to be like you know. It doesn't have to look be the Quinjet from Avengers or the Blackbird from the X Men. They're not a fighting team. They're a family that go and do stuff. Okay, um,
1: you you sold me on the fantastic car that looks like a, a washing up bowl.
0: It is, however, ridiculous in this in this movie that they've built a fantastic car that is sleek and goes very fast, but mm. no roof, no cockpit. Why? <laughs> Just... do, why don't they do that? Why? Why do they? Why do they keep doing this? Why? Because, because the Fantastic Car never has a roof they, they, It's all open top There are versions of the Fantastic Car that do look a bit more like that But they can all just chat to each other uh, uh, Because again A cockpit With, with, ear, with like Headphone, microphone is very militaristic It's not Fantastic Four this It's just, not yeah. the gentle professor's Thing that he built
1: Yeah exactly that makes sense Uh, There is dialogue in the movie where Reed says that he is engaged to the hottest woman on the planet Pointing to Susan Storm This was a reference to the fact that Jessica Alba had been declared the sexiest female alive Just months before the release of the film
0: I bet she wasn't happy with that
1: No, no, no Uh, Also, director Tim Story refuses to put giant robots in his movies (laughs) <laughs> oh is this why Yeah this is why in this film Galactus Noi portrayed in the comics as uh, something Resembling a giant robot is shown Wrong. as a Gaseous cloud however both the Shadow on Saturn uh, as he Passes by it, and the fiery mass within the Cloud resemble the, his signature helmet That's why we didn't get uh, Galactus That looks like Galactus because the director Refuses to Put giant robots in his films
0: I want to punch Tim story In the throat that's heartbreaking. Just imagine. He thinks ha- Galactus is a robot, so he doesn't want him in the movie.
1: His name sounds like a Pixar movie. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, and this is quite a big one, this is quite a big bombshell. Fantastic Four, Rise the Silver Surfer, was originally meant to include. Wait, Nick wait, wait, wait.
0: Let's do a little bit of a build up. Okay. A like, dramatic voice. Will, this is a huge bit of trivia. That is very important. Yes. There'll be like a drum roll and everything. I can't, if I do a drum roll now, I'll mess up my microphone. But imagine there's a drum roll in your head. Yeah, yeah.
1: Could, you, could you guys uh, do a drum roll at home, please? You know, when, when you read uh, Peter yeah. Pan to your kids and, you, and you've got to say, uh, I believe or something, so Tinkerbell doesn't die? Could you do that, but with a drum roll, please, just, right just, now? Yeah, just, just like roll. on your
0: lap or on the table. Okay. You're all drum Will. rolling? Yep. What can you tell us? Your final piece of info. Fantastic Four,
1: Rise of the Silver Surfer Was originally meant to include Nick Fury Whoa um, In 2007 Yeah, just before, when did he appear? He appeared at the end 2008, end of Iron Man He was at the end of the first Iron Man mm-hmm. film Indeed, mm-hmm. wow they got him quick there uh, But Marvel prevented Fox from using the character Released in 2007, Fantastic Four Rise of Silver Surfer arrived only a year before the Marvel Cinematic Universe began with the debut of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. To avoid bankruptcy, as we all know, Marvel had sold most of their biggest characters to other movie studios, but now find themselves in a more stable position were looking to dive headfirst into Hollywood with their own live-action adaptions. Marvel had outlined a rough draft for a Phase 1 slate of releases, reacquired key figures such as Iron Man and Thor, and were then primed to take on Sony and Fox at their own game. During production of Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, however, (laughs) director Tim Story and Fox decided that the sequel should include a key figure from the Marvel Comics, Nick Fury. Fury wasn't included in Fox's uh, original purchase of uh, Marvel characters, and when Fox approached the comic book giants about using Fury, they were asked to stump up extra cash for the privilege. Not wanting to purchase the rights to another character, Fury's role was reconfigured to General Hager. However, some Nick Fury comic lines from Ultimate Extinction Volume Two or General Extinction Two did find their way into Hager's dialogue.
0: I am suspicious of the of the idea that Marvel would have allowed it if they'd paid money. I but maybe maybe I'm wrong because you know we yeah. didn't we 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 didn't really have this this idea of a fully conceived. Marvel Cinematic Universe right from the get go. Maybe it wouldn't have bothered them too much to have a different version of Nick Fury in Fantastic Four. Who knows?
1: I I, I don't know. I, I reckon they say you can do it, but as long as it's not
0: Samuel L., it's got to be someone else. Interesting. We get a, another black actor in that role, though. You know, because of course yeah. Nick Fury is not a traditionally white um, character on the page. What about General um, Hager?
1: Or are you going to talk about that later?
0: I. We, I, General Hager is a, a creation for the movie. He's not like a person. Oh, spoiler alert! Mm. Yeah, that's wow. not. We, no, we We won't be talking about that.
1: Oh, sorry. Um, I, 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 I was assuming we were going to talk about him. So yes, he's had many adventures
0: with the Fantastic Four. <laughs> no, but there is, there is an almost throwaway character in this that you would not believe is so like. Such a big character. The, the, we're going to get to it. It's oh, still go. Oh God! It's time then for us to go behind the page. Now that Will has so ably led us through all those production notes on the movie, you may think, "What you know?" As ever, why cover? Why cover this why is this movie important to our understanding of Marvel and our understanding of the journey? Well aside from the fact we have to cover everything for the for the for the for the full context, baby. Aside from that, this will is perhaps the most important story in the history of Marvel Comics.
1: Oh you heard it here, folks.
0: We would not have the MCU without what is called the Galactus Trilogy There would be no Thanos, no Infinity Gauntlet, no Endgame There would probably be no Asgard or Thor as we know it We would also have none of the DC Comics stuff like Darkseid in the Justice League movie This story. There's this this three-issue story arc in the Fantastic Four, issues 48, 49, and 50. This is when mythology enters the Marvel universe for the first time. And I and I I don't mean the kind of classical pre-existing mythology of the Norse and the, the the Greeks and everything. This is when Marvel starts to create its own cosmic mythology, sci-fi mythology. This blending of those two worlds and, and, and high concepts is so intrinsically Marvel and it starts it starts here. As I've talked about before, like Stanley and Jack Kirby, they start the Marvel universe with issue one of the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four are so important to our to our Marvel, to any Marvel journey and understanding. They then from issue one they write, they, they, they write and co-create together 102 issues In a row That Ooh. establish Pretty much every single thing We currently love about Marvel It's all in that run Maybe aside from Spider-Man Like Stan <laughs> and Jack Both have these, I- these Ideas for doing something very different With this Particular story so they've they been um, If you haven't heard before Stan Lee is, is, is a writer Jack Kirby is an artist and a writer And they're both very much Kind of very solidly equal partners When they work together Although fallouts would dispute that And it's very hard to kind of work out What happened when Because one guy says I did everything And the other guy says we worked together But <laughs> They've been Really Creatively ramping up during their Fantastic Four run, and changing what comic books could do. Superhero comic books, superhero superhero stories were were, were bogged down for decades. Yeah, for decades with clashes between superheroes and criminals, like petty criminals. Yeah. like almost every adversary. In 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 the fifties and sixties was some variation of a bank robber or a gangster. Yeah, sure they've got like bright, colorful costumes and powers and weapons, but the Green Goblin and the Joker and all of them are just fancy robbers. That's all they are—robbers with a bit of flair. And okay, those characters would would in, in subsequent decades become more sophisticated. Yeah, but the sixties, fifties, and sixties—they're nothing else, right? With the Fantastic Four, Stan and Jack are, are are just flexing these creative muscles. They're just growing bolder and bolder with these science fiction concepts, like all the time. Guys in costumes, Robin Banks was just way too pedestrian and ordinary for the Fantastic Four. They that that comic was about the Fantastic. Um, this run of theirs is when we discover. There's an underground world of monsters living underneath us all. That's the first issue. We meet the, the shape shifting scrolls. We go on to meet the, the noble warrior Cree um, aliens. There's Yuatu the Watcher who lives on the moon and watches the earth and he's a giant and he's been watching the earth since the start of of of, of, of the earth. Um they go to this horrifying antimatter dimension called the negative zone. They travel to Wakanda um and and, and see this advanced civilization and I meet mean, the Black Panther. They fight Namor, the king of Atlantis and his armies. They discover the hidden city of Atalan and and meet the mysterious inhumans like it is so far <laughs> beyond <laughs> bank robbers and gangsters it's unreal like the characters and concepts in the fantastic four in this this run they expanded the marvel universe in, incredibly and i mean they expanded the scope of what the marvel universe was and could be and and they 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 blasted through these Perhaps pedestrian ideas Of guys with with funny costumes Robbing banks and trying to take over The criminal underworld And they just expanded the imagination And these things Have lasted forever in the Marvel Universe It's just hit after hit after hit With these stories It's like the glory days of the Beatles And (laughs) the Stones all rolled into one And right slap bang In the middle of this Hundred and well it's more because there's, there's annuals But this 102 issue run Which established and, and, and defined And expanded the Marvel Universe forever Is issues 48, 49 and 50 The Galactus Trilogy um, G- Galactus is the very first Cosmic villain Right. The first, there have been alien invasions before, but this is the first world-ending threat in 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 superhero comics. there had been uh, like Thor battles some rock men in, in his first appearance, and the Fantastic Four uh, face off against four Skrulls from another world in their in their second issue, and um, over at DC Comics, there's the odd alien Superman. Is regularly kind of plagued by Mister Mixed Expedlex, who is like an imp or a fairy. But we, we didn't have it. like it's so hard to just get your head around how this didn't exist. We hadn't even seen like we we hadn't had proper Thor and Asgard stories in in sixty six when 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 Galactus Reggie comes out. Like the Thor stories weren't there yet. There was no there was no appetite or intention to write Thor in his myths. He was Thor was relegated, as we talked about, to this very traditional superhero figure. He has a secret identity and he fights crime with a hammer. <laughs> it's not like cool <laughs> Thor stuff yet. And all those things are just mortal things. Right? Rock men are just alien mortal they're mortals, but they're they're aliens but they're mortals. The squirrels yeah. and the rock men and whatever. Um they're just us from different planets with different faces uh, and 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 Stan and Jack introduce us to this 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 cosmic being, a space god beyond all mortal life who eat who 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 comes to devour the entire world that's that's his 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 food is our entire planet as what he has to eat and it's kind of hard to comprehend how mind blowing this story was. At the time, most people these days have grown up and, and grown used to science fiction stories being a major mainstream part of, of of the fiction they consume. Right? Yeah. Movies and TV shows. Of of the ten biggest movie franchises of all time, I think eight of them are science fiction based. <laughs> but but the, the the Galactus trilogy is published before Star like ten years before Star Wars transformed how. Everyone looked at science fiction it's published before Star Trek is is in millions of TVs across Ooh. the world it's three years before we landed on the moon yeah. and here are the, the these these the Marvel are creating these like these these stories about a cosmic god of death that is beyond human understanding and it, it's it's it is it's it just Try hard to put yourself back To that time Before all these leaps and bounds And imagination and understanding um, With this story uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby very much wanted something Beyond the, the ordinary criminal um, Something fantastic uh, Than all the fantastic things that actually already done You know, something bigger and than, bolder Than Wakanda And the Black Panther and Subatomica And something more threatening than Doctor Doom and, and the armies of Atlantis um, Jack Kirby Gave an interview where he's talked About this t- t- three stories And he said um, I wanted to come up with characters that Were no longer stereotypes In other words I couldn't depend on Gangsters I had to get something new For some reason I went to The bible and I came up with the name Galactus and and there I was in front of this <laughs> Tremendous figure Who knew very well, who I knew very well because I've always felt him. I I certainly couldn't treat him in the same way I could an ordinary mortal. There were figures that had never been used before in comics. They were above mythic figures, talking about Galactus and Silver Surfer. And of course, they were the first gods of Marvel. Galactus, in actuality, is a sort of god. He's beyond reproach, beyond anyone's opinion. In a way, He's kind of a Zeus figure Who fathered Hercules He is his own legend mm. And of course he and the Silver Surfer are sort of modern legends And designed in that way And Stanley Gives his side of, of things Saying we felt The only way to top ourselves Was to come up with an evildoer Who had almost godlike powers Therefore the natural choice Was a sort of demigod But how would we do him we didn't want to use the tired old cliche About him wanting to conquer the world There, there were enough of world be of would-be world conquerors In the Marvel Universe And in the other comic book galaxies out there That's when the inspiration struck Why not have him be not really be an evil person After all a demigod should be beyond mere good and evil He'd just be hungry And the nourishment he'd require Is the life force And energy from living planets And I've heard Stan in a separate interview Talk about how it's not evil When we eat fish We're just (laughs) eating fish And that's the Galactus relationship to us Yeah
1: that makes sense
0: So the Silver Surfer is also introduced And becomes perhaps even more important Than Galactus as these stories go on His conception And appearance is a complete Jack Kirby Creation It was not part of the original kind of idea That he knocked around with Stan Lee when Stan first saw the artwork For the Silver Surfer He didn't know what to make of it mm. um, He says um, Because when he turns in the pencils For this Stanley says There in the middle of the story We had so carefully worked out Was a nut on some sort of flying surfboard I thought Jack this time you've gone too far <laughs> um, but, but Kirby pitched this character And explained To Stanley that uh, as 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 a, a cosmic predator, Galactus would have some sort of herald carrying the word of his coming and searching out for planets to be consumed. Um, and as for the surfboard, uh, Kirby says he, he created the surfboard because I'm tired of drawing damned spaceships. Um, <laughs> oh, and al- although although Stan Lee was initially really dubious about the Silver Surfer character. He was quickly very taken by Jack's artwork. Of course, he was. It's mm. the most incredible artwork. But the way Kirby draws the Silver Surfer, he 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 pro- pro- projects this nobility, yeah, and this kind of um, calm, almost serene nobility. And and when Jack when Stan began writing the dialogue for the for the for the for the comics. He characterised the Silver Surfer in that way and and worked with Jack to make him a more intricate part of the stories of uh, issues 49 and 50. Stan Lee became so enamoured with the Silver Surfer he launched the Surfer's own comic book series the following year. Turning him into this sort of tragic, noble hero. Stan was so attached to the character he refused to let anyone else write the Silver Surfer for years and actually when... Eventually Marvel had Steve Englehart write Some Silver Surfer stories He was genuinely upset about it And, and spoke about that um, In the in the Stan Lee series The Silver Surfer is portrayed as all Sort of like the ultimate cosmic hippie <laughs> He has this um, This Like Much wider perspective On the world around us Yeah mm. Because he comes from outside And it lets Stan Lee write about Our world and the things around us Through the eyes of an alien observer And the surfer Sees the beauty in our world And in people And can't understand the, the, the violent Destructive behaviour of, of of earthlings And he, he's this sort of It's, it's odd for, for a, a lead character In an action adventure superhero comic But he's sort of almost a non-combatant Conscience as a projector um, who does have to step in and use his powers and 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 fight, you know, fight off e- threats and evil? But he was really embraced by the the kind of counterculture of the sixties, which is why he crops up in references to so many movies and and um, and 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 music and songs at the time. Um, the artwork in these three issues is genuinely incredible. I think it's Jack Kirby at his finest and his wildest. When the Fantastic Four encounter Galactus and his ship To convey the vast scale and otherworldliness of what they're seeing Kirby actually uses photographic images In the comic book for the background So you Ooh. have his drawn artwork of the characters But with a black and white altered photographic images as well Which makes the whole thing look alien and also real within the comic book world, it's it's gorgeous. Mm. Um, Galactus and, and the Watcher, both, uh, and the Watcher gets a really big part in this. He both have this kind of cur- very Kirby esque combination of science fiction elements mixed with like ancient Greek and Roman design, which really helped to like mm. cement and create this mythic look to these cosmic characters. They are suddenly older than our civilization, even though they're from. Outside of it, they they're somehow tied to. They seem timeless and endless through being given these kind of these these science fiction versions of ancient clothing and ancient attire. The the, the Galactus trilogy is a huge success. Um, Galactus was never meant to appear again, but winds up becoming one of the most iconic and important figures in 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 the Marvel universe because fans wrote in. Every day after the, after the, like, constantly asking for more Silver Surfer, more Galactus, um, and 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 this story had a huge impact on the rest of the comic books being published in in, in the world and, and throughout the time. Not only would you know Galactus return, but Marvel would start to introduce more and more cosmic characters um, on, on on the basis of the success of this sort of otherworldly mythology. Thor, like, gets completely changed. Suddenly they are brave enough to go Okay But what about Thor in Asgard Let's do Tales of Asgard Let's show the otherworldly Mythical side Let's not have him be a a kind of a poor man Version of Superman anymore Let's have Thor embrace this mythological This epic sweeping scale of, Of what Asgard could really be And these gods that walk In a different world And you know, it would also, the mix of science fiction and mythology would appear many years later in, in DC comics. Jack Kirby would go over to DC and create Dark Side and the New Gods, which, of course, been in the, the recent Zack Snyder slash Joss Whedon slash whatever Justice League movie. And then he would return, and very much in a similar vein to what he's doing here. Then he returns to Marvel and does it again with The Eternals, who we get mm. the movie of coming out um, quite soon. The Silver Surfer becomes a very enduring character um, And and, and would prove to be instrumental in one of the biggest Marvel stories of all time Uh, The writer Jim Starlin takes over the Silver Surfer comic book in 1990 And and within the Silver Surfer comic begins this multi-layered story arc Featuring another cosmic character, Thanos And his quest to obtain the Infinity Gems and build the Infinity Gauntlet The Silver Surfer comic book became hugely popular and successful because of that And it's the launching pad for a uh, redefined version of Thanos It's a launching pad for the Infinity Gauntlet story That's where it all begins with the Silver Surfer in the 90s As much as we love hearing ourselves talk about Marvel We also love hearing all of you talk about us talking about Marvel Um Please we, we we implore you to get in touch and reach out We love hearing from you guys You can always find us um, on Twitter With a little short bit of love If you go to at Marvel vs um, Give us a follow as so many of you do Or indeed drop us an email to some long handwritten love You can do that Marvel vs Marvel at gmail.com and we get not exactly inundated, but we always love when we have a bulging sack for you. Really? Well, What have you got for
1: us in this episode? Oh, I've got a few. We got the first, first one I got here. Uh, King Canuck, first of his name, Lord of All Maple, wrote in. King to... of
0: the Beavers!
1: King of the. <laughs> God, that sounds like something from a no, fucking film. No, it doesn't.
0: No, it doesn't. Beaver King. Come on. The that Deeds. ended in 1999.
1: <laughs> very, very glad that did. Uh, the Loki deep dive was excellent. One thing I f- that I found online, however, that might be worth thinking about: some dialogue in Thor One implies that Loki let the frost giants into Asgard to stop the coronation because he didn't feel Thor was yet worthy to be king, and was right, given Thor's behavior right after the attack. And there's also dialogue and implication in Avengers that in the time between movies, Thanos tortured Loki a fair bit before giving him the mind-altering mind stone right there in his hand. Both Is possi- there? Mm, I, I don't, don't know. I don't, I've watched that film a lot, but okay. Yeah. Both possibly playing a role in how he was acting in the Avengers. If you're conquering Midgard both as a middle as a middle finger to your dad as well as being threatened with painful death by one of the most powerful warlords in space you're going to leave some of the subtlety behind and go a little farther than before as for his characterization beyond avengers it mostly feels like him wanting to maneuver himself into comfortable chairs with the side vendetta against the man who raised and, and lied raised him and lied to him So, one popular interpretation of Loki is that a mischievous and bullied non-warrior in a warrior culture who uses Tricky to try and stop his idiot brother, whom he loves, from taking the throne too soon, but his own scheming and want for some kind of vengeance on Odin for all he's done, slash desire to prove himself to Odin, ruins him. He then falls into the arms of Mega Hitler and is bent into the shape we see him in Going Forward.
0: Oof. Well, thank you for all of that, King Canuck. Uh, Mega Hitler might be my favourite new term. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much yeah, spot on. Here's, here's what I'll say. <laughs> Concerns for how your brother may act <laughs> are not just cause for sending an invading army to, uh, you know... Rape, kill, and pillage your own family and and city.
1: Why are these Just criminals, but setting fire to the house? Billy was bad. He shouldn't have a birthday.
0: <laughs> what do we keep? I I understand that villains become popular, but it, it, I I you know let's stop let's stop. Dancing around the fact they're bad people. They do bad things. You are not your good intentions. <laughs> you are your actions. You open the gates for you know giant ice pirates to come and destroy everything. You're a bad guy. You did bad things. Um having a bad childhood is not an excuse. It does not mean you're secretly a good person. You just accidentally keep doing bad things. You're a bad person, Loki.
1: I, Stop it! I really needed to hear that because I'm. Uh, I really need to leave this group. But I'm on a, uh, a meme group for American Psycho, and way right, too many okay. people. Way too many people unironically like Patrick Bateman, and it's worrying. Oh,
0: mate! It's the same with Joker, and yep. it's the same with Fight Club, and yep. it's the same with um, Wolf of Wall Street. There's a drive, lot of people out there yeah, as well. that just miss the whole. The whole moral point of the films they're watching, and go, yeah, cocaine and cars are cool. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: absolutely, it, it's just yeah. I just need. I I I like. I like you summing up simply. You are your. You are your actions, not your good intentions. What else you got for as well? I've got Juicy. Oh, our absolute fave. <laughs> she drops the line, "Hello, guys." Let me start by saying, how much. I love the Civil War episode. So yeah, much yeah. trivia. Yeah, it's a great episode. So much trivia. I could, I just could not stop listening, and I didn't. I played it on a loop for a week.
0: Played it on a loop for a week.
1: That's that's pretty good. That, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't listen to my voice on a loop for five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, I did actually try listening to... No, not try. I did listen to the podcast a bit at work, because I was on Spotify and went, oh, yeah, I haven't listened to the podcast. And I was enjoying it. But then I was like, Ah, that's my voice. No, <laughs> <That doesn't laughs> stop! It's
0: really bad. But that just proves you're not, uh, uh, you know, a vain uh, uh, narcissist with no with with no self awareness. It just means you're a regular person. It
1: means I'm not my dad. Oh, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, knocking out some demons today. Sorry, sorry, that was a bit mean. Uh, anyway, have, she continues. Uh, have mentioned to my flatmate the muscle porn bit, and while we- wait, wait, wait. When did we
0: do a muscle porn episode? What? what uh, oh, hello,
1: when when he, he tries to g- drag a helicopter with his bare arms. That was muscle oh, porn. Oh, yeah, the
0: big... You know what? Yeah, it was muscle porn. Yeah, not arguing with that now. That, 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 yeah.
1: that is a legitimate genre of porn. Uh, <laughs> but, and while we were both uh, not aware of how much Chris Evans was paid to hold that helicopter down, but he deserved every cent, we agreed that the terminology could not be more appropriate. I admit loving Mirissa May's casting as Aunt May. I always, I was always a bit amused by the fact that every comic book in previous movie had made both Aunt May and Ben look so old they could have easily been Peter's grandparents. I guess comics and cinema alike both kept enforcing the classic stereotype: either characters are young and beautiful, or they're extremely old with nothing in between. It is refreshing. That's a great yeah, point. That's very, a great very point, Juzy. It's very good because you think, "Oh, it's young," but she's not young. She's uh, how old is she in this?
0: Well, let's also not forget that uh, people, people, ha- people have in recent decades been hot. You know, you can be hot older now. Oh, like, yeah. There's an awful, there's an awful lot of looking back at, at certain celebrities at certain times and or people, parents and going. How does this celebrity look here? Well, he looks 42. He's actually 25. You know, it's a bad, you know, bad hair, bad way of dressing, yeah. the wrong kind of facial hair, um, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. It is linked to that. But yeah, very good point. Uh, nothing between. Sorry, I'm just going to get to where I was. It is refreshing to see things change. Also, I think Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa flirting in this movie was a fun callback. For those rom-com fans like myself that saw them together in Only You and knew they dated back then, all the gossip I did not know that. A a slice of trivia I didn't know either. I did not know that. Did not know that.
0: Pre-pre rehab, uh, RDJ. (laughs) I think. I think I'm really spotty on on what he was up to. You know, was obviously Chaplin. Um, but yeah, there was there was a line in the,
1: re, re, the the recent episode of Rick and Morty which we both didn't like, but I just remembered it made me laugh. It you just talked Rob Judy. He was essentially an animal. He woke up in bushes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing,
0: nothing in that episode made me laugh for the first time ever. Yes. It was painful. It was. Let's, it was, let's crack on. Anyway, you' has got more sorry. good stuff.
1: So yeah. I could go on mentioning all the things I loved about this episode, but I thought I would show my appreciation by doing the next level right thing and upping my pledge. Oh,
0: Damn right. Juicy is now, Will, a VIEP. There we go. That's She's that. a very important executive producer of
1: this show. Damn right. Things are not back to normal at work yet, but my birthday is coming up soon, and I thought, what better present than a full bunch of new episodes for me to binge on and a clean conscience. <laughs> Never stop loving your work. Oh, that is tremendous.
0: I don't think it's never stop loving your work. I think I don't because that sounds like a good motivational oh, message. Sorry, I think I haven't got it's my, no, never stop, stop comma loving your work. I haven't got my contact lenses in. <laughs> I've had to
1: increase the size of the thing for comfort reasons. But yeah, there is a comma there. Sorry. Never stop
0: loving your work. I I like never stop loving your work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's entrepreneur porn. You know, those kind of motivational oh, nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. But like listen. We, we, we know times are hard around the world We get that We're, we, you know, We've been in the same boat doesn't, doesn't mean you're not still guilty I mean that's not changing That's not shifting Juicy knows She accepts she didn't have a clean conscience And now she does And hey the cool thing about us on Patreon Doing the right thing is you're, If you're not ready for us just yet Guess what We'll be there when you are yeah we're when the circumstances here. change, we're still gonna be there. It's still gonna be you know multiple episodes a month of that good good yeah we're still here when you need to support us exactly we're never we're not going anywhere just yet matey boy, anyone else.
1: Uh, this was quite uh, Should I provide a little bit of a backstory Behind this one Or oh. By all means Yeah this was a funny one this, I, 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 I was on a, uh, an, another one of my meme groups uh, I'm, all, I'm in a lot of meme groups on Facebook Because so I love memes It was to do with a TV show on Netflix Called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson A very fine sketch show I think you, you guys should watch if you love sketch comedy And um, I posted something on there Just a joke just about the new episodes And then someone commented with Are you the Will Preston from marvel versus marvel <laughs> and i looked at that and i laughed for a solid minute i went this is not happening this never happens to me and i went yes and then it turned out a genuine fan uh, and he was he was gushing in the right way i, I you know he, he, we had a nice chat and everything and he, he was a lovely guy anyway uh, he wrote in to us uh, joel Fawcett, uh, lovely chap he said damn you will preston I was truly starstruck when I accidentally seen you on our Facebook group this morning There are three voices That have lulled me to sleep in my life Neil deGrasse Tyson Morgan Freeman and Will Preston Boom (laughs) Oh man, I'm going to start by telling you a little bit I guess about myself a little I love the Marvel Universe I was never good at reading So I hooked uh, more onto the cinematic part of it But I've dabbled into a few comics here and there More specifically Venom and Spider-Man stuff That being said Since the movie's starting coming out I've been dying to know how much of it is in relation to the comics Here's where you guys changed my life I started Whoa, 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 read
0: that sentence again.
1: I know I haven't got my contact lenses in, but I'm I I I, I, I'm gonna read it again. Here's where you guys changed my life.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. This now we're good. talking
1: We're not going to even do the rest of the episode It's peaked already <laughs> <laughs> I started listening to a podcast similar to yours where one, guy, where, where one guy A self-proclaimed Marvel expert And the others knew nothing about the comics It was kind of annoying because all, of, all the swearing And criticism from someone who couldn't care less About the stories And that's something we we, we, we care for
0: The thing about the Gumbo Kid yeah, is he has an unashamed enthusiasm for all of these stories and things that he hears about. It's not like mm. it's not like I don't read those comics because I think comics are dumb and stupid. <laughs> He's just never read them. Um, yeah, and we've we've heard some of our competitors out there. We know what they're like. We know where they fall, uh, and we know where we where we saw. Ooh,
1: okay, that's good. I'm glad no names are mentioned. We don't want to fight just yet. Uh, Another Google search went on, and I found you guys exactly what I was looking for. I'm on a super tight budget being a single father living in a country that's so messed up that uh, 85% of what you make... Goes to the roof over your head, don't get me started. But you have is, to give Is that country London? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I I think it's Canada. I think he's Canada. Okay. I think he's Canadian. Uh, but you have to give uh, credit when credit is due, and it's time uh I, I, I did the right thing. I cancelled my Amazon Prime subscription. Say it again. I cancelled my Amazon Prime subscription so yes. I could finally sleep at night instead of the guilt yes. that eats me alive for my selfish ways. Yes.
0: Yes, Joe Forsyth. Yes! I almost That can- is
1: right. <laughs> as you should. There we go. That's that you're ticking all the all the boxes. I almost could cancelled my Marvel Unlimited subscription because I know you guys prefer <laughs> the bricks and mortar, but I've read almost a hundred comics in the last month, thanks to you guys and Marvel making it easy for me to read. The two places in town are Garbage One of the owners admittedly never read a comic And the other one is run by one of the biggest nerd a-holes You have ever met I'd rather, much rather give it to Marvel And a little bit to you guys uh, I'm sorry it's not much I don't It's ha-
0: support it, Joel You're not just consuming, you're contributing You're keeping the lights on It's Keep, support there we, we go. Love you. I don't have any
1: requests But I would like to know of, If maybe you guys were thinking about doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, we are thinking of doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We are thinking of doing that, definitely. Uh, I absolutely love that show, and I don't think it's been getting the credit it deserves, especially since it runs in continuity with all phases of the MCU. I know it's tricky doing uh, TV shows, and it has been going on for a while now, but I feel like nobody has really touched uh, base on Inhumans yet. I should probably get back to work since I've been writing this letter for almost an hour now. Keep up the great work, guys. I can't wait to listen to all those extra casts. And just for you, just just for you, Joel, I'm gonna quote, try and quote it. I think you should leave. You gotta pay back, you gotta give back, you gotta give. I think that's the sketch. You gotta give back Joel. Like it
0: giving back. Cancelling that Amazon Prime. Who needs that trash when you've yeah. got that MVM? Cast clear conscience now. Listen, what is What is an honest night's sleep worth? Can you put a price <laughs> on a clean conscience? Because I don't think you can. Um, thank you, Joel. And hey, you know what? Um, he he actually raised a really good point about the uh, the Marvel Online, uh, Marvel Unlimited, the, the 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 subscription you can use, and you can read all sorts of comic books on, on that. Oh, yeah. I've never kind of brought it up and mentioned it, and it's not. I mean it it, it, it is twofold. The first thing is I can't read anything online like that I'm an old man I just don't get the same uh, Pleasure out of it and enjoyment out of it It doesn't feel the same yeah. to me Which doesn't mean it's less It's just my personal experience of it The other one is that like Marvel aren't going anywhere They're owned by Disney So I, the, 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 I, I want the comic book shops to still be around mm. um, Because that's how we get A uh, a better fan experience and a better consumer experience and that's how we promote kind of smaller comics and things like that but some of that can simply be uh financial privilege speaking it could be me saying oh well i can afford to go to a comic book shop and buy the 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 issues most of the time so i'm not really thinking and considering how beneficial marvel and limited can be to people with different budgets to mine um so yeah i need to pay more attention to that Thank you, Joel Fawcett, um, for that. Listen, guys, you, you what have you heard so far? You've heard someone listens to an episode all week on repeat. You've heard Will Preston lulls people to sleep with his dulcet tones. You've heard people cancelling Amazon Prime to do the right thing. And the right thing lives on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash. Marvel versus Marvel don't just consume contribute it's the place where you can help us pay for all the costs it's not a cheap podcast to run it takes hours of graft and sweat and time and work and effort and recording and editing and promoting and we love doing it but we do need your support to keep us going keep us trundling along and not 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 in in exchange for but we because we, we just we we you owe us that money, we deserve that money But We also provide some glorious Rewards in the form Of two bonus episodes that drop Each and every month On our Patreon, everyone who, who Subscribes and pledges to us From even the basic amount get access to our Obscure Marvel show, how much fun are we having With Obscure Marvel, Will Oh, We've had so much fun with Obscure Marvel, haven't we It's It's been oh. tremendous cracking around with the most ridiculous uh marvel characters <laughs> in history and i like how every month you say off air but you can't be more ridiculous than the last one <laughs> and then
1: i and then it's but p it's not oh, P <laughs> I I mean i mean the image alone made me laugh it's just like i mean you'd expect a much better costume and it's just like dude Sort
0: it out He's a French painter with a bucket of glue And he's going to take on the Fantastic Four We drop that obscure Marvel That ridiculous podcast That mini episode Every single month for everyone on Patreon And then every month We record Not a short, Will, not a mini A full on A full on, full length Girthy bonus episode Mm. Um, Most recently we tackled the full Civil War. Yes, that bonus. I mean, we we obviously dived a lot. We did a four-hour uh, main show episode on Marvel, the Captain America Civil War, the MCU Civil War. Then we dropped that two-hour plus bonus episode. What was it? What was that Civil War bonus episode experience like for you?
1: Well, it was like a fully fledged episode, wasn't it? It was fantastic. It was it was it was beefy. I think that's the be- that's the longest, bestest bonus episode we've done we handled a complete saga across several comic books
0: yeah like, yeah. like the, not just the event the whole setup how yeah. we got there the players on each side the casualties of war and and then the intense aftermath as well which we won't give away but my word like it, it, I, there's never been a story we've covered that changed the marvel universe in the, in the way that civil war did
1: Absolutely, um, it it it, it, had, it was completely completely turned upside down after that.
0: And and that episode, uh, along with our episodes on the Annihilation uh, Wars, our episodes on on House of M, our episodes on Age of Apocalypse, they're all available exclusively on Patreon.com/slash Marvel versus Marvel. We have got some shout out to some new VIEPs, of course. We mentioned Juicy has joined the VIEP club. She's now a very important executive producer, along with Zach Thomas. Um, thank you, Zach. Along with Lewis Richards. Thank you, Lewis. Along with Jacob Tharp. Shout out, Jacob. And along with Ambassador Beer. Um, they're graduating to the uh, the tier that really, really matters, and they become executive producers of this show. And as ever. We need to give that thanks to the two most important members of the Versaverse The two most important members of our fandom The ones that really do the right thing Will, with that big ball of £20 tier (laughs) I'm talking about mega supporters Mikey W and Peter J We love all you guys We love those guys most Because they give the most They contribute the most Um So head on over to patreon.com Slash Marvel vs Marvel You can help us out You can communicate with us You can keep us on the air You can get yourselves a wealth of bonus um, Bonus content, bonus episodes Don't just consume Contribute Well what stands before us Will is fantastic for To Rise of the Silver Surfer And How it relates and plays into perhaps the most important Marvel story of all time We've taken care of housekeeping, we've taken care of business, we've paid some bills We've talked about the people that really matter the most, we've read some letters We've gone behind the page and we've looked at the production uh, trivia of this movie All that remains is for you to do that thing and press play
1: Oh yes, we're pressing play 2007 style on a DVD player we got from Argus. (laughs) In outer space, a planet is drained and destroyed by a mysterious cloud before floating away to seek another victim. Elsewhere, a silver streak surfs amongst the stars before landing on Earth, startling some fishermen in Japan who discover that the water they're sailing on has suddenly turned solid. In Egypt, the surfer flies past the great pyramids, bringing with it a sudden cloud of snow. As the mysterious being flies past Los Angeles, it triggers a crippling power outage. So, a big threat is being hinted at here. Is it? Is it anything like this in the comic books?
0: The coming of Galactus. Yes, um, feels ominous, doesn't it? I yeah, it feels like Independence <coughs> Day. Yeah, it, it, I I. Uh... So, we obviously don't like that there is no physical form of Galactus. It's a big old I, I, cloud. I love this. I don't want to see him yet. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I, I want it to be... I want this build-up and this ominousness of it. Um, in the comic books, there's no cloud. But you, you, you do see the... Um, you do see the silver streak, the silver server streaking through uh, the universe. He goes through the Andromeda galaxy, mm. and he he um, he is picked up on on the, on the scan. We see him getting picked up on the scanners by the Skrull Empire. The Skrulls are aliens that have been already uh, introduced uh, several times. They go back to issue two of the Fantastic Four. We know they are like a uh, generally kind of like an evil, Warfaring race, and they have an empire. They like to conquer. And they react with with uh, abject fear of the Silver Surfer. They know what he is. Um, one doesn't, and he is told to read his history books. Mm-hmm. So we kind of get an impression, an idea that the Silver Surfer has been around for a long time and that the the, the Skrull Empire fear him. Um, and that the, the Skrulls set about co- trying to conceal their homeworld from right. the Silver okay. Surfer as he approaches, um, in 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 New York, we, like it's not power outages and you know the sea's drying up, but when the Fantastic Four get back from their latest uh, mission, the the entire sky is on fire. All wow. across the world, the sky burns with a fire that won't go out. Um, the, the 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 flames in in the sky. Uh, eventually dissipate and give way to this like uh, this kind of ceiling of, of, of rocky debris Ooh. like it, the entire planet is like covered in in like an outer shell of 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 rocks um that, that completely cover our entire atmosphere and 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 then the, the the powerful alien giant being known as the watcher um appears inside of of reed richards laboratory um the the watcher had already encountered the fantastic 4 in in the past they they kind of knew what he's about he is an alien charged with mm. watching um the most important events in the universe just observing them and taking note and bearing witness and he appears and he actually explains that um, the the atmospheric, the fire and the rocky debris, he's responsible for that. They are <laughs> um, illusions that he is casting, hoping to hide the earth from the Silver Surfer. Ah, okay, okay. He is not allowed to interfere or take action, but he's doing this little magic trick as it were um that's that this is how in the comic books in the 60s we start to have this you know the the hinting at the threats the surfer is coming the surfer is coming galactus is coming
1: that's really good that's really good okay continuing with the film at los, in- los angeles international the Fantastic Four are held up as the power outages have delayed their flight plans and Reed Richards and Suzanne Storm are to be married. After managing to get seats in an economy class, news reports of the strange weather phenomenon have caught the attention of the world media, citing the effects as godlike. After the team arrives back at the Baxter building, Johnny Storm tries to convince a very busy Reed, who is working on some kind of vehicle, to have a bachelor party. After much prodding he agrees in the eastern european country of latveria the silver streak flies past causing a previously solidified dr doom to suddenly awaken i felt the, the the airplane scene at the start was silly in the right way like they they they, they kept the mood
0: going for the previous film lighthearted fun yeah i like Funny, that it, it is not this is not trying to be a dark you know a, a, a dark movie, a dark, violent, or a dark, aggressive, or you know, it's Zack Snyder would probably vomit at the sight of this movie. Um, but <laughs> no, yeah, it's it, going it,
1: too it, fast. Needs more slow motion.
0: There, there is an awful lot of um, trying to show the team using their pat Like they, they loved. It. I call it. I call it um, the mask effect. Right. Yeah. It based on the movie the mask what they what they did is they they went out of their way all a lot of the the the, the comedy and i think what they think the interest was in the mask was mm. how can someone use their powers to solve everyday frustrations yes. and annoyances right yes and 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 that movie was despite not being kind of a superhero movie it was hugely like cuz it was so successful i feel it was hugely influential on, on a lot of movies that came after Especially superhero movies or sci-fi movies They all want to show uh, We get you know what, what would your powers be like when you're on an airplane So you get oh Johnny Johnny Storm doesn't want to fly coach So he just flies Reed Richards can Can't get his bag into the overhead compartment But he can stretch his stretch stretch And and you know things mm. like Things like that the mask effect I always call it And you know movies like from, from, from The mask on through to like batman begins i think they all kind of kind of do that to sort of say what would you do average joe i love
1: that that's the mask effect yes very well spotted very well spotted so continue with the film at mr fantastic's bachelor party johnny invites some girls over who warm to johnny and Reed, but ignore ben Grimm, who heads over to the bar and drinks his troubles away At the Baxter Building, a group of military officials seek a meeting with Susan Storm, who she lets in. They all... They all... Sorry, I thought you made a face at me then. They all come to the bachelor party just in time for Susan Storm to see her husband drunkenly dancing with some girls. General Hager, the leader of the group, brings the four to the venue's kitchen for a private talk on the silver streak that's been causing all manner of bother on earth the general all
0: manner of bother
1: all manner of bother <laughs> a manner of bother the general wants reed to build a censor within a few days but he refuses because he has his wedding coming up uh okay two things first of all they have a holographic receptionist
0: yes sure
1: okay they do. that's cool they do i like that that's cool and then yeah Yeah. That's cool. Who cares about employing Um,
0: people? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Up yours, job market. (laughs) In the comic books they tend to use Herbie as their like greeter and and receptionist. Okay. um, And also in the comic books, like the downstairs bit of the Baxter building is like the fantastic floor. Like, it's a visitor's centre. You can go and visit and see, <laughs> like, some of their, their clips and see some of their, their trophies and stuff and, and learn the history of the Fantastic Four and things. And there's a gift shop.
1: I thought they just rented one of the floors, one of the rooms.
0: Yeah, they but they rent multiple, you know. It's not always there. It, depend, it depends on the stories, but there are ones where they have a, you know, they have multiple floors.
1: Yeah, it's about that point. You just give the whole building to them. Mate, you saved the world. Could we at least have the building? <laughs>
0: oh, they get evicted at one point because um the other tenants want them out because it's too dangerous.
1: It comes with the area, comes with the area. Also they yeah, they,
0: so- they end up having to move into like um you know a, a, a brownstone. Um you know, like a, a normal like three, four story house. Um <laughs> which is obviously not enough room for all the experiments and things. So of course Reed basically turns it into the TARDIS and you walk into the front door and there's ex- folded dimensional space inside so they can have you know an air hangar and all sorts of all sorts of massive room inside this this three story. If I could
1: I would do that kind of stuff. That's amazing. Uh also my second point. If you could if
0: you could warp and bend reality you would.
1: I I I I would definitely <laughs> turn yeah, my yeah. two bedroom London uh flat into some kind of Wayne Manor on the inside. Sure, yeah. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Anyway, uh, second point I was going to say. It's Raymond Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine as General Hager. Uh, uh,
0: um, Andre. Um, I forget
1: his name because he was also in Bro Horseman.
0: I I love the actor and I love every time he's in a movie. I, I genuinely, he's one of those, he's so watchable. The way oh, he delivers yes. lines, the way he, he's such a good. Actor. He's he's such an eye-catching actor. He, he he Like there's something interesting about the way he he has a take on every every line in every scene. He's great. I don't get the Brooklyn Nine Nine hype. Oh, okay, that's fair play. Um, so I I I, I had a feeling you were gonna there was gonna be a, a nine nine or a halt reference or whatever. I I, 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 it, it,
1: I think it's I I think he's really good in Brooklyn Nine Nine. I th- I think okay, he's great.
0: He's really good in everything. Yeah. He's the best thing in Brooklyn nine nine, oh, hands down.
1: By far. It's like it's like it's like yeah. it's like it feels like, oh, it's been a long time since everybody's watched Frasier. Him his Re- Re- Raymond Holt and Kevin to provide that sort you know, a yeah. little bit yeah. of that, 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 that missing void of Frasier.
0: I'm not saying nine nine isn't good. I'm just saying I don't understand why everyone falls over about it when it isn't as good as the the like it's not as good as Parks and Rec oh, it's, no, not as good as, totally it's not as good agree. as the Office. You totally know, agree. and they're, they're by like the same made by the same kind of people. I so I I just don't quite get the I I guess I don't get the fandom and I I, I I think it's perfectly fine. Better than better than a lot. Not as good as the best. Yeah. But I just
1: I I, I will perf- perfectly agree with that. Anyway, uh, more important things Johnny Storm <laughs> has all these fans and all these women after him. Is he this popular in the Galactus
0: story? By and large, Johnny Johnny is. He, he you know he, he seeks out the. He's he's reckless and headstrong and young yeah. and he he wants the the um, material um, benefits of celebrity and fame in the Galactus story. Um, bef- they. The, People think he's responsible for the flaming sky that won't go out. <laughs> uh, because he's the fire guy. He's yeah. the only flaming person they know about. Um, and so an angry mob, <laughs> an angry mob of New Yorkers attack him in the street. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go and see what the problem is. And Reed's like, be, be careful out there. And people that are like, Hey, thanks my torch. I bet he's responsible for all this fire. And they. Um, they, they they get together and they like open up a fire hydrant and they blast him with a hose and they douse his flame, knock him out of the sky. For some reason, he's very easily defeatable by watering in this one aspect of the story. And they <laughs> gang up. They start they start beating him up on the street. Um, so he's not popular. No.
1: No, no. Doesn't matter. He, he is quite punchable though. As smarmy as he is, he is quite, you know, he, you know, he is smarmy and quite punchable in some. Respects. Yeah,
0: he's not this smarmy in the comics. Yeah, he's just a young teenager, headstrong.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, back to the film. Back in Latveria, a metal worker nervously frees Doctor Doom of his bonds before being killed by the tyrant, who then removes his face mask. In New York, the big day arrives and Susan Storm doesn't feel right about the wedding. The Fantastic Four are constantly in the media spotlight and she wonders how she could start a family in this environment. But Alicia, Ben Grimm's partner, is there to comfort her that as long as she loves Reed, she's making the right choice. In the lab, Ben chides Reed, who's currently working on the sensor for almost missing his own wedding. Reed activates the sensor, linking it to his own satellite, giving the general updates as it comes online. Ben then drags a very jittery Mr. Fantastic to the altar. So, they've improved on the humour in this film, uh, I feel, a fair bit. I, I was laughing. At oh, yeah. yeah. Not at the same level as Guardians or Spider-Man, though.
0: We... It's a different tone, isn't it? That This, this is uh, it's a different tone of movie, I feel. It's a more tongue-in-cheek than... We're going to yeah. outright funny lines. But yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's it's less sophisticated.
1: less sophisticated. There we go. It's broad humour, broad humour. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. Uh, Reed working on that device before the wedding and stretching back felt like there was no CGI involved. You know that bit where he's um, working on it and then he sort of stretches back and it looks like they genuinely, he's running behind it. Yeah, yeah, very good. I I like that because I was like, ah, they probably didn't need CGI for that bit. I like that; that works still. Uh, And also, the mother
0: of all Stanley cameos: Stanley playing (laughs) Stanley. And it's not the first time Stanley has played Stanley at this wedding, uh, which we'll get to. Oh, okay, okay.
1: So, are the Fantastic Four uh, media celebrities like this in the original comics
0: then? there's a lot of talk isn't there uh, Sue mm. hates it and she wants to get away from all the attention and everything um and that's one of the really cool things that makes that makes the ff stand out um the fantastic four stand out in in from any of the older crop of pre pre-war heroes and really any of the marvel characters of the 60s they don't have secret identities they are celebrities yeah um the, the, from the for the first 3 issues of the fantastic four they are kind of presented like Iron Man and Hulk, as the the, the early Iron Man and early Hulk, as these sci-fi monsters, um, mm. you know, held in fear and twisted, and um, and 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 kind of like the old kind of monster science fiction monster movies of the fifties and sixties. But after three issues it all changes. The, the, the they become embraced as, as, as heroes, their identities are public. Like Reed is already kind of like a noted a noted scientist <laughs> and his attractive young girlfriend, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. Ben Ben Grimm is, is like a um like he's an again, he's like a noted war hero and test pilot. Um so they they had these kind of public lies beforehand anyone anyway. Um, it's almost like how famous an astronaut would be in the 60s. It's kind of that level of fame. Yeah, yeah. And then that. they then they get these super superpowers and they don't have secret identities. Everyone knows them. Everyone knows where they live. The Baxter Building becomes famous. The public adores them. You know, it's it's magazine covers and it it, it, it you know, the fashion magazines all always want to know what Sue is wearing and where she gets her hair done and stuff. Um it it is very intentionally the opposite of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They walk down the street and everyone loves them. Even though um the thing is still the thing and the monster and the outcast. Everyone else is fine with it. It it does help that they are wealthy originally. <laughs> Reads Reed's inventions make them. Yeah. Well, it's the difference between being being kind of having notoriety and having and, and being and then being the Kardashians, you know. Um, yeah, there, there is an there is an aspirational element to it. We want to look like that. You know, they're not just they're not just. I mean, something about wealth that gives status and stops you kind of being freaks. I guess it helps that they're they're rich white people, or largely with blonde hair. I, I think was that helps.
1: I was gonna get that. I was gonna say hello, social com- accidental social commentary on class divide and privilege. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Listen to me ramble on. Anyway, I'll get back to the film. Reed's censors pick up the silver surfer approaching uh, its next target, New York City. Sorry, New York I don't know how I pronounce it. New, <laughs> York-, New York City. New York- <laughs> Sorry, I really, really uh, fumbled that. <laughs> <laughs> New York City. Just as the wedding is about to begin, Alicia casually lays in uh, Johnny for, be- for being hard on Ben, saying he's jealous of him finding love. As Reed is waiting at the altar, his phone sensor picks up an an alert, but he puts his phone away as Susan walks down the aisle looking beautiful. Before the priest can start the vows, a helicopter obnoxiously flies by and wishes the couple a happy wedding. As the ceremony continues, Reed gets an alert on his phone, warning him of weather phenomena approaching the city, interrupting his own wedding. Seconds after, Storm snaps at him for looking at his phone during their special day New York City is plunged into a blackout Causing the helicopter to crash into the wedding The Fantastic Four spot the Silver Street fly past Causing Johnny to flame on and pursue Leaving a devastated Susan Storm at the ruins of her
0: own wedding I love the bit where (laughs) Mm. uh, Reed says Johnny! You, like you've got to go after it and, and he's like oh, it, I'm wearing Dolce <laughs> like, Come on And he's like, Oh flame on I guess it Burns gets, it all. Yeah. Oh I love that, that's good. Like I I don't
1: know, Like I don't care if you're monitoring something that could end the world, but you know, put your
0: bloody phone on silent. Or have someone else monitor it. Jesus. There's a whole army. Like, why? You couldn't have just handed the thing, given them the little pad to the army and said, this will ping when something bad happens.
1: I, yeah, I, because I, that's the thing. When I got married, I, I was worried, oh, I've got to make sure my phone's on silent because this would be the mother of all worst times for my phone to go off. You know,
0: indeed, yeah. Not
1: that I'm expecting it to go off. I'm not that popular, but you know, you don't want it. You don't want it like a like an alert suddenly popping up, going, "Ah, you, you do? you want Amazon Prime? No, I'm getting married." Uh, also, if this uh, was part of the MCU, uh, they could have just called the Avengers to fill in while they got married
0: and just take over. Just, just take yeah.
1: over. Just take over. But also, do Sue and Reed try to get married like this in the comic books? Uh, you know, do, you know, like in this kind of situation or
0: yeah. Um, oh, God, of course. Fantastic Four Annual Three Bedlam at the Baxter Building. Um, and this is like. This, this is. Uh, this, this kind of marriage is a real seminal moment mm. in early Marvel because it really, really highlights what Stanley and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and Don Heck and all those were building with this shared universe okay yeah. so it, 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 dc comics in the 60s their heroes were kept very separate like you know that each each character is in a different city like green Latin's in, in coast city the uh, batman's in gotham superman's in mm-hmm. metropolis uh, they, they're not close enough to regularly do anything okay um it, this 191965 uh, basically, the entire Marvel universe of the time turns out for this wedding. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it really celebrates the fact that they have built a Marvel universe. Yeah. yeah. Um, the story um, and it well it the fact that they it it, it, env- it yeah it, it celebrates and, and it emphasises this tightly knit world. The story starts with this gorgeous Kirby splash page of. Um, in the in the foreground is a newspaper announcing the wedding, and at the top above it, um, holding the paper, is like an absolutely furious Doctor Doom. He's just freaking out. He's like gripping this newspaper so hard. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up so bad. Um, Shield works security um, at the wedding. Yeah. Nick Fury's running security at the wedding. He's got. Mind scanners are on the door. A dude walks in looking all hoity toity, and Ben Grimm is like, I don't know who this cat is, but he looks wealthy. I'm gonna shake his hand and and give him the thrill of his life. He'll be telling stories forever about meeting old Benjamin Grimm. I mean, I don't recognize the guy, but I don't sense danger. And then Nick Fury, like, has his guys, his shield guys, swarm on the dude, and they're like, we scanned his brain He's being mind controlled We've got all the scanners here um, <laughs> Like um, There's loads of high profile guests at the wedding Like Tony Stark is there um, And and I think Tony Stark's date Is Millie the model it,
1: Wait 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 Millie the
0: model Millie the model is one of those Romance Comic book characters that Stan Lee wrote in the fifties. Oh right, right, right. So this is not just doc, like noted New York physician Doctor Stephen Strange is there. Matt Murdock, the lawyer, is there. The Avengers and the X Men kind of turn up. This is not just that. This is also Stan saying that the Marvel Universe now incorporates all the, all the stuff out, all the stuff we kind of put out in the fifties. About there was a, it was a comic book about a model called Millie. You know, it was just a it was a teen romance, aspirational, fun, silly book. But he's like, yeah, that's the Marvel Universe too, and it's that first glimpse of oh, um, I'm also gonna that medieval um, comic book I did in the fifties, the Black Knight. That's yeah. part of the Marvel Universe. Those Western comics I did, the Two Gun Kid, and all that. The, the the original Ghost Rider that's part of the Marvel universe. It's kind of at this. He's just really getting bold with this idea of oh, our universe can actually stretch all the way back to the forties, the thirties, if we wanted to. We've got Captain America and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, so the wedding gets crashed because Doctor Doom uh, kidnaps and mind controls like every villain going. Like ooh, honestly, it's 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 huge. So um the the who would you know or oh, you might not know these guys but classic fantastic four villains the red ghost he's the the, the russian guy with the super powered apes
1: oh. Oh, they, they're all
0: there um the, the 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 puppet masters there mole man from issue 1 is there <laughs> the mandarin man. the mandarin is there um uh yeah yeah mole man there the great gargoyle uh, like hydra the super scroll wow the, the, the Cobra, the Enchantress, and the Executioner from Thor—all, uh, all, all of Iron Man's villains are there. Unicorn Melter, Beetle—they're all there. Everybody, um, even our old Spinny friends, the Human Top. Um, <laughs> oh, superb! Uh, Reed kind of comes up with like they all just keep attacking, and, and all the heroes that are gathered there—the Avengers and the X Men, and Daredevil and and Spider Man—they all like. Do their best to just keep the villains From getting in and ruining the wedding But it's like constantly battling A, a tide, it keeps coming In waves and there's more and more of them um, And so Reed comes up with this way of of You know, teleporting all the villains Away, so off they all go Everything's back to normal At the very end, S.H.I.E.L.D. then only have to Deal with two troublesome men Who insist They should be allowed into the wedding But aren't on the guest list The two old fellas get kicked out onto the street Like a couple of bums And it's Stan Lee and Jack Kirby Making the first meta cameo In Marvel history
1: Oh superb Couldn't even get into the wedding I like that, that is brilliant So back to the film The human torch chases the streak Which turns out to be a humanoid alien On a surfboard The Silver Surfer As they fly out of New York City and into Washington DC, the Silver Surfer grabs Johnny, drags him into space and extinguishes him before letting gravity do the rest. Johnny, unable to flame on, crash lands in a desert in the Middle East. In Earth's orbit, the Silver Surfer speaks to his awaiting master, telling him, let it be done quickly. At the Baxter building, Johnny explains what he saw to the rest of the team, getting teasing from Ben and an explanation from Reed. So, I take it this is how the Silver Surfer makes his first appearance in the Marvel Universe.
0: Um, not, I mean, yeah, sort of, but not really, I Yay. guess. It's one of them. Um, we, we, we see him for the very first time um, streaking through, you know, and the scrolls picking it up on their scanners, and we see the Silver Surfer, and we hear the sort of fear in the voices of these other aliens. Um, he, he then, when he gets to Earth, of course, he finds this. This, this this planet encased in rock, this rocky debris, this like uh, crispy M M&M and M coating, yeah, um, hiding the chocolatey goodness that, that Galactus craves. Um, but then he does; he finds Earth hidden beneath it. He, he's he 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 has these great. We'll get to it. He has this cosmic awareness, <laughs> which allows him to perceive much more than 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 what is a, a, apparent. He he flies to the roof of the Baxter building It's the first place he touches down And that's where he sends the Cosmic signal um, For Galactus uh, I think it goes Soo-wee! I think it's that kind of call oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Grubs up um, And The Fantastic Four have been warned by Yuatu Race to the top of the building to, Because this figure is here They need to stop him They're too late Um but the 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 thing rams into the surfer and and floors him, knocks him spark out with one blow and sends him off the roof, <sighs> so yeah, it's not quite <laughs> as cool and ominous and and all powerful as it is in the movie
1: yeah 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 i mean if, if, i mean he doesn't look like okay he looks a little bit powerful, but he does look like if he got the punch in he'd fly off his surfboard.
0: <sighs> We'll 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 get to we'll get to how powerful he is. That's, oh, that's great. coming up. We've got that.
1: I'll I'll probably have to take back my comment then. Jeez. Back to the film though. As Reed goes to check in on the sensor, Susan stops him and expresses how upset about their current situation they are. They're unable to get married without a major catastrophe happening, so how will they ever raise a family or live normal, stable lives? Moments later, Johnny tries to flame on and fly. But instantly extinguishes and falls to the street below. As Susan checks up on her brother, who's been unable to control his power since his encounter with the Silver Surfer, she touches him, and their powers switch, accident- accidentally setting Susan on fire. Reed quickly intervenes by extinguishing a now nude Susan Storm, who avoids the leering eyes of bystanders by turning invisible. So Susan's worry here—I mean, it's a very relatable um, worry. She's she's got got absolutely every you know all, all right to be worried about this.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's interesting in in the comic books at this time they've just got married. Yeah. This happened. The Galactus trilogy takes place after they've been married, but they're having major marriage problems. It happens. Reed Reed is uh, ignoring her for his work, and he's short and snappy with her. And um, unfortunately, at the time, Sue is not written. Like, like most women in in in, in fic- fiction at the time, and like comic books at the time, not written as as anywhere near as capable as as she should be portrayed. So it's a bit like she keeps breaking down into tears because he won't talk to her, rather than you know telling him telling him to to f off and then going to form her own super team or whatever else might be a cool thing to do. Um, hey guys, have a rich have a rich life outside of your partner. Just saying. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Yeah, it's interesting that there is this disharmony Between them, that's not the source of the disharmony In the, in the original 60s, it is Oh, why won't my Man notice me Melodramatic It is very much written as Women, they can't understand What's so important about Work <laughs> and, in, and inventions that save The world, oh women, women. But it, it, it's it's Better than a lot of other Portrayals of women at the time It's a bit better She has a little bit more agency So it's interesting that there is this disharmony In, in the movie as well Oh absolutely
1: I do think though that Jessica Alba Had to sign some kind of nudie clause For uh, these films
0: may, You can understand just how Like you you Wouldn't want to make a you, Unless you Own it and, and and kind of Enjoy it or even just see it so much as being part of the business that you know what I am, no one can get past how stunning I am. So all my roles are going to be like this, you know, it's like we said, Sin City, Dark Angel. They all plied quite a lot on mm. on that. I mean, Dark Angel not as much, but um, yeah, it, you can clearly see that they, they they've got to have that so they can use it for promotional material. There's a little bit of titillation in a little bit of. Whatever exploitation, perhaps in a in a family-friendly movie. Not that anyone's gonna think they're gonna have anything, you know, raunchy going on in the PG. But they've obviously got to have it in there for the trailer and the promotional pictures and stuff.
1: There was a phrase that uh, Daro O'Brien used for that kind of thing: "Something for the dads."
0: Oh, it's it's an it's an that's an old old old. Bit of blue for the dads. That's an old, old, old line. Yeah, Is about, it's something about light for, entertainment. Yeah. Something
1: for the dads. It's just, yeah. And he goes into it obviously, but I love that bit so much. Uh, also, uh, have the Fantastic Four ever swapped powers like this?
0: Okay, I okay. banged my head on a brick wall against a brick wall on this. I have been convinced ever since the first time I saw this movie that yes, they had, and not just yes, they had. I was convinced it was a classic story. Yeah. I was convinced I had, I, I, I was aware of this classic story where they, they the, the, the cosmic power swap, and, but I, I, I was, I was looking it up to refresh my memory and get the right dates and stuff, and it's nowhere. It doesn't exist. <laughs> the Mandela cannot... effect strikes again. I can't find hide nor hair of it. So this might be the first time that happens. Right. I'm confident they they did swap powers um, after the movie came out. I think during Matt Fraction's brilliant uh, Marvel Now run with Fantastic Four, what you call perhaps the Voyager period, mm. I'm 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 I'm, can, I, I'm I'm sure they 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 they're having lots of cosmic power problems. I think they swapped then. But I was confident it happened in some sort of classic seventies. Or eighty story, perhaps John Byrne, but but I can't find it anywhere. So I I guess I guess I I guess it was just such a cool thing from this movie, and I think I really think it is a, a nice bit of fun. That's something something different and fun to do with the powers.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, to be honest, I'm really surprised it wasn't done at some point in the comics. It just sounds like an obvious thing to do. You, you, yeah, you know, when you yeah. look at look at a sitcom and go, okay, you're gonna have to do something with those characters, like the dynamic, dynamic there. You think of all the different combinations and different kinds of stories. Yeah, yeah. I would Absolutely, have done yeah. that. I would have done that right away with Fantastic Four. Anyway, back to the film. Back at the lab, the Fantastic Four discover that exposure to the server has set Johnny's molecular structure in flux, allowing him to switch powers with his teammates through physical contact. This hypothesis hits home as Ben Grimm is turned back to normal, albeit a bit fiery, after touching Johnny, leaving the once handsome human torch into a slimmer version of thing. Elsewhere the silver server continues to fly around the planet Reed takes time to talk with Susan about their worries About their future together And assures her they'll have the, t- the life she desires Even if they had to give up being superheroes Little do they know however Johnny has eavesdropped on the entire conversation So Human Torch and the thing's power switch That made me laugh a lot
0: Yeah we get less of their uh, Brotherly antagonistic stuff in this movie, don't we? Which is a bit of a shame. So it's nice to see a little bit of it here. I would have liked more, but they are cramming like nine stories together into one, hot, you know, ninety-minute movie. So what could you do?
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. This this film's ninety minutes. That's quite short for a superhero film,
0: isn't it? This I this is the I I, I okay. This is the first movie I watched after Zack Snyder's Justice League,
1: Ooh. <laughs>
0: which which I had to have a week, like a five days in between, in the middle of that movie. What what, what a lovely um,
1: relief that must have been!
0: Oh. Number one, I enjoyed the. I think I enjoyed this movie so much more because of that. Yeah. Um. I enjoyed. I, I. I thoroughly enjoyed. You know. I didn't thoroughly enjoy this movie. I wouldn't stand up and say this is a great, a great movie. There's loads of good, fun stuff in it though, and I found so much more pleasure in this than I did in 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 the Justice League film. And I was just, I can't tell you how elated I was. I was like. Yeah, that movie's told its story and it's over, and it's been ninety minutes. Like I started it late, and I was still like, it's still a reasonable hour to go to bed. I'm very, as an older man, as a middle aged dude, <laughs> I'm very happy with that.
1: I I like that because I have a lot of films on my. I I had a thick film list, while I was going through loads of films, and every now and again, it's like oh, two and a half hours. Okay, and sometimes I wouldn't bother, and if it's like hour and a half, it's like oh yeah. Even if I don't like it, I'm watching that. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Classic classic. Uh, Also have uh, Have Reed and Sue ever quit the Fantastic Four
0: All the time All the time It happens all the time (laughs) Well I don't know Yeah quit might be too strong But they keep leaving So Sue becomes Um Pregnant with their first child, Franklin So Ooh. she leaves the active duty Of the team yep, yep. and is replaced By uh, Crystal of the Inhuman royal family um, Crystal is Sister to um, Black Bolt, the king of the Inhumans And of course the Inhumans have a very Long association with the with the Fantastic Four and Crystal is Kind of Johnny Storm's on again Off again boyfriend uh, and she ends up marrying uh Pietro Quicksilver. Anyway, she joins the Avengers at one point. Sue also later she quits the team. Uh okay, there's this big love triangle between uh Sue Reed and Namor the Submariner, who who wants to who wants Sue to be his queen. Um and, and that leads to a huge amount of tensions with between Reed and Sue. They're kind of on the verge of divorce And Sue leaves the team to get away from it all And this time she's replaced by Medusa Queen of the Inhumans Medusa has uh, tendril-like long prehensile hair That she can control with her mind And is super strong and can pick you up And th- put you through a wall Um, Reed and Sue take a leave of oh yeah there's 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 a bit where uh, franklin richards their child uh, he he has uh, vast powers but is a baby and it's very dangerous and difficult and they have to leave to look after her uh, to look after him so there are a couple of people replace them on the team again we get the very first Ms. marvel during that period of time sharon uh, ventura who is uh, one of uh, ben Grimm's buddies from when he was in the Unlimited Wrestling Federation, which is a <laughs> rest, it's a wrestling company in the Marvel Universe for people with superpowers. <laughs> um, and so Ben Grimm is a champion of that, and 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 uh, uh, Sharon Ventura is super strong. She was in that, and then uh, we talked about this during our big fantastic uh, Civil War bonus episode. Reed Richards doesn't come out of the Civil War smelling of roses. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, oh yes. He was on the pro-registration side. He built—I don't want to call it a concentration camp, but <laughs> he built a prison in hell and put his friends there. And he was part of building a clone cyborg that murdered his friends. So it causes this big split between Reed and Sue and. He saves her life at the end and gets hurt, and they they leave the team until they can patch things up, and that's when that um, their the replacements are Storm of the X Men and the Black Panther, who are at the time Marvel's like top power couple because they've recently become married. Oh yes, so um, Ororo and T'Challa uh, from Wakanda uh, lead the, the the new Fantastic Four with with uh, Johnny and Ben. And then there are other times when they 're dead, presumed dead off world lost in time, and there are other replacements, but those are the times when they 've actively said we 're going to leave now um, it 's a lot of coming and going because there 's a lot of stories, and also you know they there 's a lot of wonderful soap opera in in the Fantastic Four, so we get some cool bits, oh
1: yeah, absolutely I mean you told you said it 's like well like a sitcom family you said uh, when we were first
0: dealing with Fantastic Four. There are elements of, of, of. It's antagonism. You know, it's what it's all great. You know, the, 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 the greatness of the Marvel Universe is antagonistic relationships and contentious relationships between people that are on the same side and between the villains as well. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Where was I? Sorry.
1: Uh, do, do, do. Okay, back to the film. Meanwhile, Doctor Doom pilots a helicopter and tracks the Silver Surfer to a giant chasm at the Rus- Russell Glacier in Greenland. Doom tells the alien how impressed he is with his talents and how they could be unstoppable if they worked together. However, Silver Surfer rebuffs his advances, simply telling him that all you know is at an end. Before the Silver Surfer can fly away, Doom shoots him with lightning, angering the Surfer into striking back, warping Doom into a nearby ice cave. As the villain comes to his senses, he notices that the blast has also healed his previous injuries. So he can heal people the silver surfer uh yes but that's not what he did here oh okay and okay then i'll go rush on to my second question and hopefully you can answer it then
0: no no i, I can do the first one okay it, it it i mean i it's not in that it, this is how i interpreted it and this is the second time i've seen it but we know from johnny contact with the silver surfer disrupts the cosmic radiation right okay with ah the fantastic four they end up swapping powers with with Doom, it just seemed to, for whatever reason, it 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 undid the damage the cosmic radiation did to him. I guess. I'm yeah, guessing yeah, that yeah. though. I, it's not. I didn't look like an intentional heal. Maybe it was, but there wasn't. There wasn't anything else in the story to make me think he intentionally healed him. That makes
1: sense. Okay. Okay. So, on that subject, what are the Silver
0: Surfer's powers? Deep breath and strap <laughs> in. <laughs> His powers fluctuate his power levels fluctuate a little bit because mm. there are certain stories when he's depowered and then there are certain stories where he's given uh, access to a higher amount of power. Right. But aside from being knocked out by the thing with, with one punch in his first appearance, the Silver Surfer for the vast majority of his existence is regarded as one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel universe, a true heavy hitter. He is once identified by the Nova Corps as a universal level threat. Um, So it it's a big deal. He is he is empowered. The the power given to him from Galactus is called the Power Cosmic, right? And it's the the core of what of what empowers him, and and, you know he, he 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 gives him all his abilities and all his strength and his. It's a virtual immortality, I guess. He he has, um, you know, his skin is if you're going to call it that. His silvery, his body is composed of the power cosmic, so he can walk around and fly in space, and he can, you know, he doesn't have any problems breathing or exposure. It's he he is virtually indestructible. He can um, he can fly through a black hole. Ooh, that's impressive. He can fly into the heart of a star. Mm. He is not bothered by the, the, the friction of, of re-entry. You know, he, he's just none of that touches him. Um, he, yeah, what should we, well, let's do strength. I guess it. It's said that his strength rivals the limitless. Hulk rage enhanced Hulk strength.
1: Oh man! So I definitely won't be punching him to see if he falls off his surfboard. I would not do it. He wouldn't. He probably wouldn't hit you back. No he's I got know, rage. He, you know. You know because he's got other things to think about. Like yeah, surfing.
0: Like yeah, um, because surfers he, are
1: usually pretty cool tempered.
0: So he he he's really really high up there in terms of the, the the strongest beings in in the Marvel. I think Hulk is at the very top, and 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 surfers. Way, way, way up there in terms of in terms of people that aren't gods, he's 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 cleaning Thor's clock or fighting him to a standstill. Um, he can, he can. It's said he can control the fundamental elements of the universe. Um, <laughs> the, the, the the you know the four. So he can he can absorb, manipulate, and discharge anything across the electromagnetic spectrum um he he can has mastery over gravity and, and all these other things um he he can you know he, he 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 can phase through we see it in this he can phase through solid matter um he can he can Manipulate the, the 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 elements of the universe to create black holes. He can create new stars. Mm. He can heal living beings, even if they're near death. Um, he can rearrange molecules, <laughs> uh, and he has this cosmic awareness, um, which becomes really important. Him and Captain Marvel both have this. the The original Captain Marvel. It's this kind of it, 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 with it, with the Silver Surfer. It over time, it becomes more and more that it's his like peaceful loving nature in in conjunction with the power cosmic that means he's just able to comprehend the universe on a much higher level of consciousness um he can sense energy he can sense people's intentions he knows when things like you know he knows when mephisto is scheming and and mm. he can you know it's an incredible you know he'll be able to see oh that's a grand illusion that's this that and the other yeah he's his cosmic awareness is is huge and it allows him to hear the, the the desperate cries of people that need him all across the the galaxy he's he can teleport from one end of the galaxy to the other he can teleport other people it's just he's there are more there are loads more powers he's vastly vastly powerful excellent excellent
1: okay back to the film At the Baxter building, Johnny angrily tells Ben and Alicia that the newly married Reed and Susan are planning to abandon the team, upsetting Ben because he doesn't like them keeping secrets from him. But Alicia stands up for the couple, saying they'll tell them when they're ready. Reed enters the room and shows some findings in the lab. From tracking the cosmic energy of the alien, Reed has discovered that every planet the Silver Surfer has visited is now a dead, barren rock. Not only that, but the server has been creating deep artificial craters around the world for some unknown purpose. Mr. Fantastic determines that the next crater will appear in London. And without a moment to lose, the team travels there. Surely, they can understand the desire for a normal life,
0: though, the rest of the team. Yeah, but it's not like they don't understand it. It's just... it. It's... It's being left, it's being left by the people that you love and trust the most Yeah I guess And so the only people that accept Ben I mean it's a bit different now because he's got Alicia Although you wouldn't know it from this movie because she's barely in it Yeah Um, I thought she was going to get a big role in this movie I said in in the last episode we did on the first Fantastic Four I'd forgotten this film and I said something like oh don't worry she has a much larger role in the next one thinking it would follow the comics but no um but essentially the only people that ever really truly accept ben are Reed Sue and Johnny yeah so two of them going and you're being left with a knucklehead brother it's like <laughs> mom and dad leaving it, i mean yeah it's yeah. your it's your closest and best friends and with yeah. Johnny um the it's the only the only non um Superficial thing in his life is this is the Fantastic Four, his family, and he doesn't ever. You can go through a string of different supermodels uh, every week, uh, and I urge you to if you can, <laughs> but nothing, <laughs> but none of that is love, and he doesn't have anyone that loves him except for the family, so that's why. I mean, it, I, it, they're, but they're being children about it, but that's kind of their role in the Fantastic Four, they're kind of the, 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 the kids that, that need. Others around him.
1: Mm. Okay, on to more pressing questions. Okay, what other
0: planets has Galactus eaten? Uh, He never, uh, for reasons we'll get to, he never consumes the Earth. Thankfully, Um, so it can almost make him look like, hey, here comes the guy that his whole thing is he eats the Earth, but he never does. (laughs) But (laughs) but it's it's, but he he is he is. Vastly feared throughout the cosmos. Mm. Um, if, 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 to, at the start of his life, and here's where I, here's where I'll drop. Here's where I will drop an advert for the uh, the next full length bonus episode. Uh, this this month on Patreon, we are going to be covering the complete life cycle journey and history of Galactus the oldest creature in the uh, in the marvel universe he's a big man He's a big man it's going to be a big episode big man. A lot to get into for the first billion years of his existence galactus only consumed uninhabited planets no sentient life forms um and and like centuries would pass between his feedings but then uh, as as the eons went went on and on he, his hunger grew more and more insatiable, mm. and the intervals between between needing to feed, you know, be, be, you know, shrunk in time. And he had to consume worlds inhabited by 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 sentient races um, because he was running out of of the right planets. He destroyed the Skrull throne world. Wow! And that plunged the Skrull Empire into um, untold chaos. And led directly to the secret invasion. Um, huge con- consequences of this of this of these actions. The you know the movie Thor Ragnarok that takes place on the planet Sakaar.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Galactus chomps down on that bad boy, kills Ooh. everyone on it, eats it, consumes it. Um, and during during the Annihilation War, the first one which we covered in our very first bonus episode. Uh, The the Annihilation Wave threatens the entire universe And and, and Nihilist from the Negative Zone Had actually imprisoned Galactus for a time And used his energies to fuel his mass war on all life When Galactus gets uh, released and freed He unleashes something It's called the Galactus Event It's this omnidirectional blast or wave of energy um, that just is unleashed to destroy the armies of, of Annihilus and the Annihilation Wave. It wipes out this 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 universe-threatening army, as well as destroying three star systems Ooh. and and vaporizes one of the Watchers um, completely. Ah, wow! Um, so he's a big boy. He gets very hungry. Big man.
1: He's a he's a big man. Big man, big man. With lots of like nutritional requirements. Anyway, back to the film. In London, the Fantastic Four are too late. A crater appears beneath the Thames and begins to drain it. The shock from the crater causes the London Eye to dislodge and fall.
0: But the team can work- I st- can I just start you there? I, like this felt to me like the first time I'd seen the Millennium Bridge and the London Eye in in any movie. I might be wrong, but Certainly, the Millennium Bridge. I don't think yeah. there's been any movie any, especially not an um, international movie that had the the Millennium Bridge in it. Um, it's a nice the London bridge.
1: London Eye, nice bridge. Sure,
0: yeah. Um, the London Eye. I mean, maybe it's in something else before this, but I don't think so. I, I don't remember it. I walked past it the other day. Lots yeah, of, lots of it's, tourists. It's, it's huge. It's being used as this big. Kind of, it's like it's being used. Oh, oh, let's. It's like someone said, oh, let's not do Big Ben. Every every time we every time we do London, you do do something to do with the alien threatens Big Ben. Let's do the new one. Let's do London Eye. I thought that was so. It's kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah. brand new, brand new London landmark, kind of British landmark.
1: I've seen Big Ben blow up so many times that the urge to to take over the government is just gone. You know, the the (laughs) urge to revolt is gone. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, where was I? But the work quickly to save everyone on board with Invisible Woman using a barrier to hold it in place, assisted by the thing's strength and Mr. Fantastic wrapping himself through the struts. A moment later, the crater widens and the Silver Surfer emerges from it. Johnny flames on and chases after the alien against his brother-in-law's orders. He accidentally glances off of Reed, causing his stretching ability to turn to fire, letting the iconic Ferris wheel fall towards the river. The now fiery Reed tells Thing to lift the wheel higher, allowing Mr. Fantastic to weld the wheel back in place, saving everyone. An angry Reed taps Johnny to switch powers back and tells the despondent-looking superhero to stop before anyone else gets killed. Before any of the team can argue about what just happened, they notice that the River Thames... Has now solidified with a huge gaping crater in the middle. Seeing the Thames being drained uh, is my fantasy. You know <laughs> Drain it, put some filters up river, make it a nice blue body of water instead of the long brown mess of sludge it actually is. You know, I, I, I like living next to it. It's a nice lit river. you know, river, but you do look at it and go, oh, this could be blue.
0: I think that's mo- all All rivers that go out to sea, though, isn't it? They're all yeah, horrible, really. it's all
1: silty, yeah, because I, I said this to the wife, and I was like, oh, wouldn't it be great if they just cleaned it? Because think of how much rubbish is in there. And they went, no, it's not rubbish, it's silt. It's like this is how rivers are naturally when they go to the sea.
0: May Venice is a toilet. It it's, is. It's a, it's, a, it's a giant toilet that people live on. I mean, you just it looks lovely, but, you know, it's just the price you pay. I know. Um, Premium toilet city. I quite like Johnny's arc in this movie. You know, yeah, it's a bit of an arc, doesn't he? A little redemption yeah, from from the the guy that can't get anything, do anything right, and 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 can't get it together, and and causes all these problems, and uh, his actual kind of sickness nearly nearly killing people right the way through to the end of the movie where he actually uses this new thing to bring everything together, and he actually does a a, a big monumental hero moment on his own. Um,
1: yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that later, of course. So, given the desperate situation the world is now in with an imminent alien threat, the Fantastic Four are shocked to find that General Hagen has sought help from Victor Von Doom and requests that the team work together with him due to the General's displeasure at their poor performance. This doesn't go as uh, as, as civilly as planned as Thing tries to smash him through a wall However, once they calm down and adjust to the egregious situation, Victor shows them a recording of his encounter with the Silver Surfer and hypothesises that the source of the alien's power is his surfboard. At a nearby bar, Johnny and Ben drink their problems away, while back at the lab, Reed works with Victor to create a pulse generator that will separate the Silver Surfer from his board. However, Susan is very suspicious of the resurrected Doctor Doom. At what point during this film? It's genuinely happened, by the way. Um, you, you watch a film, your, your brain goes on autopilot. Sometimes you, you, your mind travels off, and I suddenly found myself watching um, human torture and thinking, "Wow, why is why is
0: Cap being a massive douche?" <laughs> genuinely happened. He, I thought oh, he it's- doesn't. It, it, it's, it's odd to me. I ever look at him and go, "Oh, that's Cap." Because yeah. he just looks so—he looks so different and carries himself so differently.
1: Oh, he's a different character.
0: He, he feels more in common with his with his uh, character in *Knives Out*. He just, yeah, he just doesn't. Well, uh, maybe no. I think it's—I think it's the pure physical appearance. Oh, *Knives okay. Out*. I'm looking at him, going, yeah, that's Cap. That could be Captain that's America. Cap, yeah. He just—this guy just looks way too young and different. The hair's all different and all of that. He's not as big.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a bit. He is a bit scrawny. He is a bit scrawny. <laughs> I, I I I'm not judging people's physique. I, I I shouldn't do that. But you know, he is he is a bit scrawny. Um, now here's the burning question: Has Doctor Doom ever worked with the Fantastic Four?
0: Well, it never never happens during the Stanley Jack Kirby era. Those mm. 102 issues, but uh, issue 118, new new Archer, new Archer, new writer Archie Goodwin mm. um, comes aboard and. Uh, well, he doesn't come aboard then, but he's on board then. And in that issue, he 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 comes up with this storyline where this villain called Overmind is going to kind of telepathically take over the world, and he's already overwhelmed Mister Fantastic's Reed's mind, reads out of the picture. So Sue goes to try and get help from Doctor Doom to basically like replace Reed Richards on the team and help them win. And it's the first kind of time that they use this thing of um there if there's an in, if there's a self-interest reason for it doom will do things like this yeah so if the earth all falls to the overmind lapveria his home his home country will be affected so kind of self-preservation purposes put him in that in that direction um there there's a a really great story um, I don't know if it has actually a, a title um, as a story, but the the, the the story arc that concludes in Fantastic Four issue two hundred, the Fantastic Four actually um, overthrow Doctor Doom Ooh. in in Latveria, get him deposed, and put a rightful heir in power in Latveria, the the, the head of whatever the resistance movement was, um, a guy called Zorba. But within a couple of years. Um, Zorba like is snapped Under the pressure of of Replacing Doom and he Becomes more of a tyrant than Doom (laughs) Ever was because Doom Doom Actually kind of looked after his people So the Fantastic Four then Begrudgingly agree to Help Doom retake the Throne of Latveria um, Which is is a really fun Funny one Um, There's This odd connection then with Reading Sue's daughter Valerie. Right. So during John Byrne's kind of seminal Fantastic Four run, Sue becomes pregnant with a second child. They have a, a, a very sad miscarriage. And then years later, like this alternate reality version of that child turns up from a world where like the the the, the child lived. Um her name is Valerie Richards. Which was the name of Doctor Doom's uh, Lost true love Ooh, okay. It was very surprising to them That she was called Valerie Through some sort of cosmic shenanigans The, the Alternate reality Valerie is time Warped into basically being Basically Sue's pregnancy returns through this Alternate reality child Merging with Sue And she's pregnant again But she's also once again In danger of losing the baby all over again And it is Doctor Doom who Then saves the child's life And because of that They name the child Valerie Because Doom picks the name Ah there we go yeah Fulfilling that and after that Like Doom and Valerie Richards Who grows up to be a, a Super genius when she's a toddler They have this really tight Bond with each other like Doom sees her as a niece, and Valerie sees him as an uncle, even though he's an evil tyrant that wants to take over the world. <laughs> it's like, it's like everyone's got that one uncle who's a bit oh, off the rails, uh, and that's what Doom is. Yeah. he's still to Valerie, he's still family. Um, and after a period of time when the Human Torch dies, Valerie seeks out Doom and gets him to join the team. Because she needs and she needs two uncles. She has to have her uncle, mm. and one of her uncles has died. So, yeah, D- Doom joins the team and um, sort of. Yeah, wow. it's at a time when Doctor Doom is losing his intelligence. It's it's one by one, step by step, he's used. He's losing his his genius, and he's not sure how much of his mind is going to lose. So he needs Valerie, and Valerie needs him. That's incredible.
1: Back to the film. After coming out of a hot shower, Johnny is approached by General Hager's second-in-command, Captain Frankie Ray, and mistakes this for flirting. Ray rebuffs the Human Torch advances by telling him she's, she's seen his psyche profile and he is a narcissist. Is Frankie Ray anyone we should know from the comics, by the way? What does she get here? Two scenes? She gets two scenes.
0: Uh, two scenes. Yeah. She she kind of like bumps into him in the corridor... And then she doesn't she she turns him down for a date like like a minute later, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rebuffs. Frankie Ray replaces the Silver Surfer as Herald of Galactus.
1: No. This was what you were warning out <laughs> before, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> okay. So strap in. Okay. Um Frankie Ray uh is um a character we first into- she, she she has pyrophobia but she falls in love with Johnny Storm <laughs> which is a really funny idea right yeah. it's a real fun it's a it's a great little so, um little, little like um soap opera dilemmay kind of thing mm. um but but the human but Johnny eventually becomes aware that like underneath her clothes she's wearing a transparent suit oh made of mysterious material mm. and what's more she has no idea what he's talking about when he asks her about it. Yeah, she's like, "What do you mean? What suit? I'm not wearing a suit. What are you talking about?" This builds for a little while. This mystery, but Reed Richards eventually, like, goes, "Well, no, you definitely are wearing this weird transparent suit, and it's kind of high tech. And I don't know what it's to. I well, don't know what it's meant to do. And also, it seems like you've been hypnotized." He undoes this hypnotic conditioning that that Frankie Ray's been under, hmm. and then we discover her history. Ah, so okay. uh, her stepfather was um, a guy called Thomas Ray, okay, and an, an electrical engineer, repairman who worked in his like lab as as a hobby. And Frankie's mother died, so. He's, he's her only like parent figure And she helps him in the lab And when, when Thomas Ray First learns about the Human Torch Of the Fantastic Four He flies into a rage And his daughter His stepdaughter doesn't know why And the reason is This guy is not Thomas Ray His real name is Phineas T. Horton Professor Horton You might recognise the name when we've talked about the original 1930s, 40s Android Human Torch ah. A character That, that, that is, fights alongside Captain America against the Nazis In the war Is an android that bursts into flames And was originally called the Human Torch And his inventor and creator Is Professor Horton So Horton Is now adump- this, uh, uh, Adopted this alias And this other life Furious that the human torch is back And it's this snot-nosed teenage kid And then his stepdaughter Gets caught in an accident Carrying a lot of chemicals of his in his lab Very important chemicals that he used To help create the android human torch She gets covered in these chemicals And it gives her like flaming superpowers Hmm. But he doesn't want her to have any of that so he builds this suit to stop her powers, hypnotizes her, brainwashes her, wipes her memory of it, and makes her pyrophobic, so she'll stay away from fire, <laughs> hoping it will suppress all of that. Oh dear. Um, Sue Storm thinks she's a lovely girl and she's got powers, so she she joins the Fantastic Four and becomes this like a second Human Torch, and. They briefly flirt with the idea of becoming the Fantastic Five Because she's going to be a proper member of the team mm. However, then Galactus rocks up And he's about to consume the Earth again And, and this Frankie Ray sees an opportunity to save Earth and to also do something that she's really wanted to do for a long time, which is just run away, like it's it's just in it part. She just desperately wants to get away from everything. So she volunteers to become Galactus's new herald oh. if he spares the Earth. Um, and oh, it was a deep. That was you. You, were, you groaned at that. You weren't happy about it. Yeah, I'm just,
1: I'm not, I, I, that's that's like, like a massive degree of traitorism against your own race and planet. No, she saves the Earth. Oh, she saves the Earth. Oh, sorry, I I, 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 heard, I heard. Sorry, I was,
0: I was groaning over that bit probably. <laughs> so she, she, she offers to Galactus. May I will become your new herald. I will serve you as your servant if you spare the planet Earth. Okay. And Reed is kind of like you. you get you're gonna have to go and let him kill other planets, There's right? That too. And she doesn't seem to care um and so she becomes uh, cosmically powered the same way that the silver surfer is um and her flame abilities are you know super turbo charged and she can fly through space and burn burn in space and she she becomes come she becomes known as nova not hmm. not that one not any of them
1: what well, not any of what many of what you mean from marvel or from planet of the apes nova nova
0: Oh, I don't know that one. No, not not any of the Nova Corps. Um, oh yeah, the Nova that we'll course see course. later. Yeah, she's she's just the latest herald of Galactus. So of course, in this movie, she gets like two lines and says, "I don't want to date you." At the end.
1: <laughs>
0: Doesn't even get alone riding the surfboard. It's so weird. I was like, "Why?" Yeah. She looks like she needs to be someone, and then he said the name, and I was like. Frankie, why is she? Why is she in the army? What's happening, Frankie Ray? So yeah, that's the very weird backstory of that throwaway character. This is why we do the podcast,
1: guys. This is why we do this <laughs> podcast. So, still thinking, searching through a film from years back to tell you something that you wouldn't have known. Anyway, back to the film. Later in the Black Forest, the team, assisted by the military, in setting up the pulse generator. Sorry, have re- I read this right? Sorry. Anyway, yeah, they're setting up pulse generator in the Black Forest. Sorry, I'm reading punctuation yep. marks badly. Black Forest. Hagar butts heads with Reed, who pulls rank on them. As the team splits up to place the pulse generator nodes, Thing encounters a bear, but scares it off with a roar. However, the next moment, Susan is approached by the Silver Surfer, who slowly breaks through her force field with ease. Breaking the tension, she asks the alien, Why are you destroying our planet? To which the surfer replies with a doomed expression, I have no choice, before revealing he's not the destroyer. Before they can speak further, the military lock onto the surfer and fire a surface-to-air missile at him, which he effortlessly absorbs through his surfboard. The soldiers have no choice but to open fire at the alien, who destroys the entire platoon in seconds. However, Reed manages to activate the pulse generator Causing the surfer intense agony And he falls from his board Victor taunts the twitching body of the silver surfer And eyes up his board But before the team can do much more Another team of soldiers surrounds the unconscious alien Mm. So, this is the thing with the silver surfer Like the reflective special effects they use in him Make me think of Terminator 2 And how that was such a big thing at the time and now, since then, these special effects you see a lot, and they haven't really
0: progressed since the early 90s. I think, um, I don't know. I think they, they, it looks very similar to the remastered Terminator 2, but I, I think it's vastly improved from the original.
1: I don't know. This is the thing. This is like Star Wars now, because I don't know if I have seen the remastered or the original Terminator 2 now.
0: I didn't think this 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 um, this effect looked bad though. I think it looked really good.
1: Oh no 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 no! The effect is the effect is good. It's just that it was such a big thing almost yeah. seventeen years ago, and you think it yeah, would have very moved true. forward, but it hasn't. I mean, there's not much. Co- I mean, what else could you really do with that effect? But that, there you go.
0: But it does it does make him stand out in the action superhero kind of world, I guess.
1: Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. Okay, so Reed uh, seems like a strange fit with the military. Does Reed ever work for the army like this?
0: Uh, in the original comics, Reed Richards is a World War II veteran Ooh. who, you know, serves behind enemy lines in France and the the goal of the space mission was to beat the commies to the moon <laughs> to, to <laughs> outer space you know He was part of the cold it was a, it was an it was a military operation really um but then of course marvel has this sliding time scale oh yeah so ben and and reed both served in the second world war but that would make them ancient so we every every you know have many years we keep updating it they they became they served in the Korean War and then the Vietnam War and we're kind of even beyond that now. So, they uh, Kurt Busiek is a writer that was writing the history of the Marvel Universe not too long ago. He created something called the Sion Kong War, and that is to replace the Vietnam War and the Korean War and the Indo-Ch- any of the Indochina wars and 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 because even Iraq was just too too old now for these characters to. To, to, to be the age Marvel wants them to be mm. It's meant to be 50, The age of heroes begins around 15 years ago Yeah So the Sion Kong War is a floating conflict It can slide with the timescale of the Marvel Universe <laughs> Whereas any of the actual wars are fixed points in time Yeah So yeah, now Ben Grimm and Reed Richards served in for, with the army in the in the Sion Kong War, so yeah, they in the comic books they do have this military kind of background to him.
1: Will we be handling any anything to do with the Sion Kong War in the comics, or is there nothing really that goes into it? It's
0: no, it's it's really it, it's um it's like a helpful plot point. It's just <laughs> it, it's it, it's a it's a continuity fix yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than this happened like Tony Stark. Tony Stark no longer built weapons for the Vietnam War because that would make him ancient. Mm. He built it for the Sion Kong War 15 years ago. Um, that's basically all it is because they kept updating it. It was the Vietnam War, and then quite recently, Tony was, was building weapons for the, uh, the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan. And eventually, Kirk Busiek With a very smart idea invent a new war. Um, I think the only character it harms is the Punisher. Uh, and we discussed that I think on one of our mega episodes on the Punisher, simply because the the, the Punisher is, is, is so much a Viet- his character is so much a Vietnam War veteran that I think it's slightly tarnished by being changed. But there we go.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So back to the film. The military transport the alien to Siberia where they imprison him for interrogation and torture against the protest of the Fantastic Four. Victor asks about the location of the board and after receiving its whereabouts, an evil smirk appears on his face and the lights begin to flicker. Locked in a meeting room, the Fantastic Four discusses whether or not the Silver Surfer is innocent of his actions. Johnny distracts a guard and allows Susan to sneak out and spy on the torture room undetected. When everyone leaves, the surfer detects Susan and speaks with her. Soon gains the the surfer's trust and he reveals that he does not want to help destroy worlds, sorry, destroy worlds, but he has no choice. The alien reveals that he is a servant to Galactus, a planet-eating being of immense power, and that the surfer's board is a homing beacon leading Galactus to Earth. Meanwhile, Doctor Doom, after being led to the Silver Surfer's board, kills General Hager and retrieves both his mask and the board using a wristpad device he created in secret to gain control of the board and its powers before escaping the base. Now, I know we had a chat before about the whole thing about this film being a PG, even though, you know, the last one was a 12 and whatnot. But General Hager's death is very grisly for a PG,
0: isn't it? I loved it. It's a great example of, like, how you can... I mean, could you call it violence? It's, there's it's, no blood, there's no guts, but it is grisly. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah,
1: it's just. It, it, I it, loved half it. Half of his face is gone, and it's yeah, it's mm. it. I don't know. I, I don't know what, what other, other film example I can think of, but yeah, it's it's helpful because it's not it's not blood or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sue uh, manages to talk to Silver Surfer into helping them. I take it is this this happens in the 60s, right?
0: No, oh, okay. not at all. No, it's Alicia Masters Ooh. who who saves the day, sort of, with the Silver Surfer. So she 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 appears twice in this movie. She appeared briefly in the last one. She's Ben Grimm's girlfriend and mm. and, and love. And yeah, in the, in the comic books, the Silver Surfer has been like knocked out by the Thing, and then they have to focus on. Galactus coming to Earth. The Surfer like slowly gains consciousness and falls through the skylight of Alicia Masters' apartment. Oh wow! Okay, the, this this blind artist that lives in the village, and well, not the village, but yeah. Alicia Masters senses a wounded, lonely being, and starts to nurse him back to health, and offers the Silver Surfer her sympathy. Her assistance, he starts talking to her, and she learns of his mission. She learns of, of, of Galactus. Mm. There is no backstory to the Silver Surfer given here at all. It doesn't happen until the next year when he gets his own series. Mm. He doesn't have this kind of tragic backstory yet, but she appeals to him and she tries to show him the the, the, the you know the that the, Mankind, Earth people are worth something and worth saving um and he's very hesitant at first, but he starts to feel pity for humans his 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 emotions have been suppressed by galactus and and they start to be stirred by Alicia's beauty and her spirit and her her love for her fellow man. And that inspires yeah. him to rebel against galactus that makes sense that makes sense a lot here they they have given sue something to do which which is a very positive thing, yeah, mm. but um in the comic books yeah it 's not it 's not um it 's not sue storm it 's Alicia masters mm, interesting, so back to the film,
1: seeing that Victor has stolen the board, Reed remotely activates the vehicle he was working on back at the lab. The team then frees the Silver Surfer a try to get him out, but they are stopped by Ray, whom Johnny successfully pleads with her to let them pass. On a helipad outside, they are greeted by Reed's latest invention, the Fantasticar, which they use to follow Victor. Silver Surfer reveals his true name is Norrin Rad. Suddenly, they are approached by a surfing Doctor Doom. Reed tries to talk Sense into his nemesis, saying that the board is drawing Galactus to their planet, After a brief fight with Doom, the Fantasticar crash-lands in Shanghai, where Doom, using the board's power, generates a silver spear and throws it at the silver surfer. Susan jumps in front of the spear and uses her powers to stop it, but all too late, the spear pierces her heart, mortally wounding her. While While Reed clutches at his dying wife, a storm begins in the skies above. Staring up at the clouds, the silver surfer utters, He is here. Okay, so the board can create spears.
0: I guess in this movie, sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's not really giving, We're not really giving much information about the board, are we? Yeah. It's a homing beacon. It can kind of it can, it can help you pass through solid objects. It can absorb missiles. It can create a spear.
1: It can yeah, get 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 through trade agreements with Northern Ireland. It could do everything. Sure. It can yeah. do everything.
0: This 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 um this synopsis keep. Keeps uh, jump skipping ahead with the relationship of Reed and Sue. It's called uh, Johnny and 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 uh, brother in law earlier, and now he, he claims he's clutching his dying wife. Well, they are not married, sir. Oh, did I get that wrong in the in notes? Oh, is it you? Well, yes,
1: yes. They get married at the end, don't they? Oh, I put that in my notes. Oh, I should have said wife to be. I mean they nearly get married I suppose Wait, good I, as married, I, aren't they? I saw a wedding and I went Yeah that's good enough for me <laughs> That's good enough for me <laughs> What you've just seen there is behind the curtain of me writing terrible notes uh, Good Anyway I have a question uh, Apart from Spears uh, Doctor Doom steals the Silver Surfer's powers I, that, This must have happened in the comic books
0: Yeah um, Seven issues After the Galactus Trilogy um Stanley Jack Kirby put together another classic um the, the 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 Silver Surfer is this this naive newcomer on earth and of course he's never met Dr Doom <laughs> Doom invites him to do his castle in in Latveria mm. and um and Silver Surfer goes because you know why not um and he's he marvels at Doom's scientific creations and endeavours, and that he that the people of Latverian how they live, um, but he does remain concerned about Doom's you know keeps building weapons, um, so <laughs> um, Doom distracts the Silver Surfer, and then he puts on this special suit of armour that basically drains the power cosmic from out of the silver surfer and transfers it all into doctor doom um and then doom is like i if it had been me back then i would have done this and i would have i would have killed galactus myself with your power mm. um reed was a fool you're a fool he throws um silver surfer into his dungeon he grabs the board And he's like, I am now master of this world And he just starts flying around Destroying anything he wants Like, Clearly overwhelmed with the joy of these new powers And then he remembers, oh yeah, my greatest enemies They live nearby And he flies over to America um, And he sees the Thing The Thing had previously crushed Doctor Doom's hands in a battle And Doom is uh, not happy about that he um he 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 batters the thing and then transforms into transforms into this living statue oh. so he can s- see and hear everything but he can't move mm. um or speak or anything like that. Um and uh he, he goes and attack doctor um, Reed and Sue are off having a nice little holiday in a cottage and he goes off to obliterate them. Um and it it all goes just terribly, terribly wrong. He 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 very much completely handles and and just, and, and and beats the Fantastic Four with his new abilities, and is about to go on and, and and conquer the world. But unfortunately, the power cosmic does not last forever.
1: I can bet. I can bet. So back to the film. The Fantastic Four need to separate Doctor Doom from the board to stop Galactus consuming Earth. With the surfer powerless, Johnny absorbs the combined powers of the entire team in order to battle the cosmic energy-empowered Doom. While the two fight above the streets, Ben, now in human form, climbs a crane just as Johnny uses so much of his power that Victor's wrist device connecting him to the board breaks. While Doctor Doom is incapacitated in midair, Ben swings the crane wrecking ball into Victor, launching him into the sea. So Johnny having all four powers at the same
0: time look really cool. Does that ever happen in the comics? Um not that I'm not with Johnny Storm, that I'm aware of, but there there is a, a classic um Fantastic Four villain called uh Clert the Super Skrull. <laughs> um, Clert. uh K L apostrophe R T Clert. Um the 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 Skrulls have had numerous run-ins with the um with the Fantastic Four at this point mm-hmm. And the Emperor Dorek the Seventh Devises a way to Strike back at the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. um, For constantly Thwarting their invasion attempts And he takes this this great Skrull warrior clerk, um And who already Possesses um, a, an incredible Warrior's keenness A cunning mind, a great strategist And he can um, Shapeshift because he's a Skrull They can all and look like and impersonate anyone they want. And he has hypnotic abilities for some reason we don't learn about. <laughs> and uh, Emperor Dorek gives him, through um, Scroll Science, all four powers of the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he becomes stronger than the Thing, he is faster and has better pyrokinetic abilities than the Human Torch he has better control of invisibility and and he can weaponize force fields like the invisible woman can't because of his military training mm. and he can stretch further than mr fantastic and again he can use that stretching for these hot in later issues the horrifying way Ooh. in which someone with if you're a if you are a military tactician or a warrior or an assassin and you have reed richards abilities you are very difficult to stop.
1: I can imagine.
0: So he, he 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 has all four at the same time and he regularly does this, this this wonderful thing of he stretches out his arm like reed, but at the end of it is is, you know, the rocky thing fist to batter someone with and then it turns on fire um and then also the whole time he's invisible so you never see him coming oh, and you lovely. can't touch him because he's got a force field and yeah he's very, very uh very great power set.
1: Bloody hell that's good. Okay, we're coming nearly to the end of the film. As Galactus draws near, the team gathers around Reed and Susan, who dies in his arms. The Silver Surfer summons his board back and before flying away, uses the board's powers to resurrect Susan, saying, We do have a choice. The alien flies straight towards Galactus to defend Earth, while around the world the cloudy presence of Galactus appears and and behind to feed on the planet, while the Fantastic Four look on in despair at Galactus feeding on the planet. The Silver Surfer wastes no time as he flies straight into the heart of Galactus and sacrifices his life to destroy his former master. After everything settles down and Galactus is no more, Johnny discovers he can no longer switch powers with his teammates. Uh, we've, we, we've said about this before, about the big man. There is no big man. Massive, uh, making Galactus a massive cloud is one of the most disappointing things I've ever seen. Uh, even a massive head. A massive head. Yes, have worked. I'd agree.
0: I'd agree. Yeah, it, it, it just, it's, it's it, a huge letdown.
1: Yeah, it's just. It's, oh, yeah, we we discussed it enough. Uh, is this how Galactus is defeated in the original comics? By the way, no.
0: Okay, um, the Silver Surfer cannot defeat Galactus. So hmm. the, the 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 first course is diplomacy. Yeah, the what the Watcher tries to appeal. To Galactus to leave the earth alone Um but when that doesn't work Um the Fantastic Four try to attack Galactus Right Johnny The Thing They blast him they slam him But it's like Mosquitoes he swats them away They Mm. are absolutely They are so far Beneath him um he doesn't Even really acknowledge it um he doesn't really talk he doesn't ever talk to them directly because you would never speak to a gnat or an insect. Yeah. Um Galactus is is, is assembling his planet devouring mechanism um atop the Baxter building. And this is what helps him um drain the life force from the planet and, and, and convert the energies into things that he can consume. Um the Watcher has a plan. Right. He's not allowed to interfere, but the watcher breaks his sacred oath. It's the first time a watcher has ever done this in the history of the cosmos. He explains to the Fantastic Four that there is a device aboard galactus's ship that is so um, obscene in its power it can it can probably help. Um, the watcher can take no action. But he is able to boost Johnny's powers to a degree That let him pass Through space and time Travel on this, this, this journey Takes three issues And he journeys through the cosmos To the other side of the universe And he gets to Galactus' ship Galactus' ship is the size Of a planet mm. Um and, and that's where he, he has to go and search through He has to search through a planet <laughs> To try and find one item, one device yeah. And that's why time is also bent during this Because it takes Johnny um, They think it takes Johnny years to, ach- to, to, to achieve this But he has to come back at the right time The Silver Surfer does get convinced by Alicia To turn on Galactus But, but he's just no match and, and Galactus is able to handily slap him down um, but it does buy J- Johnny Storm enough time to return from Galactus' ship when he's completely traumatized by the cosmic horror uh, that he's witnessed of just the scale of the universe and things beyond him. And he gets back and he's. Kirby draws him gloriously. He's just. He is horrified. And he just keeps saying, Ants, Ants, we're just ants. And that's mm-hmm. all he can say. And he's messed up and and the, the the weapon that that he's retrieved he gives to reed and it is the ultimate nullifier yeah a weapon so vast in power it will annihilate this universe mm. it will That's nullify absurd. all matter it will nullify all energy and galactus sees it and there is fear in his eyes and reed <laughs> threatens to use it he says Basically the earth is dead either way I pull this trigger And I will wipe everything out Mm. And it's like Maybe it will wipe you out Or maybe you'll just starve to death Because you'll have nothing to eat Yeah. So it's a complete stalemate And Galactus Then agrees to spare the earth If uh, basically It's the nuclear deterrent That's the, the whole point Um, Of the story is this kind of Nuclear The stalemate between two obscenely Powerful you know Forces that can destroy everything Before them multiple times over Um, And hopefully One side backs down And so yes Galactus gives His word that he will not Consume the Earth as long as the ultimate nullifier Is not used Um, So he leaves but not before Cursing the Silver Surfer um he He removes his space time powers and exiles him to the planet earth um there is a a barrier that galactus places around the the earth that the silver surfer cannot penetrate he He can no longer soar between space and time he's just confined to the world he chose to save
1: Wow. Okay we're at the end of the film now Shortly after the events in Shanghai Reed and Sue get married in Japan Only to be interrupted yet again By an alert that Venice is sinking into the sea To raise the light She has the wedding finished quickly Before they race off to save the city Using the fantastic car to draw a fall in the sky above In a mid credit scene A shot of the silver surfer Shows his seemingly lifeless body Floating through space Until his eyes open And his board races back towards him uh, Johnny's setting fire to the bouquet. Major, ma- major, major, major. Say it. I'm allowed to say that word, am I? Major, yeah, dick, sure. Major dick move.
0: <laughs> Classic. knew it was going to happen as soon as the bouquet goes up. Yeah, though. you knew it. It's a great moment.
1: You knew it. Also, uh, having a fantastic art, uh, drawing a four in the sky. is like, you could tell, like he implemented that on purpose. It was like, yeah, this is going to be amazing when I press that button.
0: Everyone's gonna love me. In the in the comics and the TV in the old cartoons, they 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 have this signal flare that they that that's how that's how Reed would summon the other members of the team. He would set off this signal flare in the sky over Manhattan over the Baxter Building, and you'd see it wherever you are in Manhattan, and you would go, ah, they need me because there, <laughs> there, there weren't pages back then. Um, and then it becomes it becomes something that, that that Johnny does to to summon the team. He flies up and mm. draws the four the flaming four in the sky. It's really cool to see that at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, that's nice. That brings us then to the conclusion of Fantastic Four: Two Rise of the Silver Surfer, drawing from one of the most important Marvel comic stories of all time. What are your final th- thoughts on the, on the on the movie, Will?
1: It's all right. Um I think the strengths of the previous movie have, have like upped definitely that you know the, what made the previous movie so great with the interaction between the characters and um, using their powers and teamwork that's great uh, just Galactus really what a, what a disappointment
0: Oh, yeah, hugely. I mean, I don't think we needed Dr. Doom in this movie whatsoever. i oh, no. uh, I also, I mean, that character isn't really Dr. Doom, so he's not particularly fun or interesting or or, or villainous. It's just not, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's still in the powers. You just, it, 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 they decided we Will introduce this threat That the it's actually so big The Fantastic Four cannot actually do anything to it hmm. So we need to create something For them to fight And that yeah. has to be Doctor Doom yeah. And then the Silver Surfer can be the one that saves the day um, Yeah Disappointing I think I think the Reed and Sue stuff was really good I liked the wedding and and I liked all that I think Reed's actually a lot better In this movie than the first one I would have liked more Johnny and Ben stuff Because that was a a real Highlight of the first one So more of that would have been fun But yeah what what about your thoughts? I mean, I don't. We never do this. I don't know why we never. Uh, it's because we never do a. This we've done really a particular story in this one, I guess. Mm. What are your thoughts on 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 the idea of of the the old sixties Galactus story? Then, as we've as we've discussed.
1: Well, again, it's like another thing I can't read. Uh, it's it sounds it sounds great. It sounds really good. I, I like that. I like the way it's panned out. You know, it, pa- it pans out with the obscene weapon and everything.
0: It's um. It's so it's it's so weird to think of they knock that out in three issues. The, there's an a real economy in the way they do the storytelling back then. Yeah. Like in the modern day that would have been like a, a seven, eight issue yeah. mini series event yes. with spin off shows and all that kind of stuff. Um and if you want to uh if you want to uh, get your hands on 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 the 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 galactus trilogy um that's what's on my reading list in this episode the, the, there's an, there's a an epic collection called the coming of galactus and that's the best if you can get hold of it it's difficult in 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 jolly old blighty mm-hmm. um but that that collects issues 33 to 51 so you get the wedding of of and the annuals so you get the wedding of of reed and sue you get the Galactus trilogy, you get the original Inhuman story as well, plus some scrolls and Atlantis stuff. Um, there is a cheaper version. It, it, it's weirdly called a Marvel picture book, <laughs> and it's from Panini Books for some reason. And, and it has a, it's a horrible, not horrible, the artwork isn't like bad, but it doesn't have a Jack Kirby cover. Oh, it has okay. a modern, drawn, updated picture of the team on the cover. I guess because they, they think an old picture would put people off. Mm, but it's it, it's the classic Kirby issues inside, and and, and it's the classic 60s stories. It's shorter than the Epic Collection. It goes from issue 44 to 51, so it's 11 issues shorter. But it's cheaper, and it still contains the Wedding and the Galactus trilogy. You can pick that up for around 10 um, Brexit pounds. Um, another, another. Not reading this, but I highly recommend the. There's an official Marvel podcast called Marvels. Um, it's an audio drama done in a podcast format. It's based on. Uh, I don't have time to tell you what it's based on, but it's like the the early days of the Marvel universe, told through the eyes of. People on the street, a photographer oh that's phil really good. Phil sheldon mm. and the the galactus um, the, the galactus story features very heavily in there it 's the first time the world has really been invaded and close to death. And it, it, it is, it's it's this reporter running around during the chaos of the skies on fire My loved ones, there's a giant man and he, there's two gods talking to each other And I've got to get back to my family and the city's going crazy And there are riots and it's really great audio drama And there's a mystery behind it as well Because Mr. J. Jonah Jameson believes the whole thing was faked by the Fantastic Four um, that's a great, so it's called Marvels It's a Marvel podcast from the company You know, it's not like a, an unofficial one like us um, That's a great, great series to listen to um, And you can get that wherever you get your podcasts from Speaking of which, we will be back On our next regularly scheduled episode uh, With the movie getting rave reviews, Will From all yes. quarters We'll be taking an extra special look at Natasha Romanov And doing a deeper dive into the comic book history of the Black Widow And if you're jonesing for some more Marvel vs Marvel between now and then Don't forget to visit us on patreon.com slash marvel vs marvel Where there are tons and tons of bonus episodes ready for those who want to do the right thing Thanks for listening to Marvel vs. Marvel. Please take the time to like, rate us, subscribe, leave a review. Hey, why not recommend us to a friend who loves Marvel Comics and Movies? Join us next time for a deeper dive into the Black Widow.